And we are live. Hey, welcome back to the, uh, what show is this again? Uh, Oldie fans, subscribe to our uh, Instagram, uh, Sons of Harvard, and Only Kings, Only Fans, you have an Only Fans, right? Not yet, I'm not that broke. Mm. Oh, what I would am. you put on your Only Fans? That's a good question. Ah, that's a great question. I'm, I don't have... I'm Noth- not, I'm nothing not really about well, me is money worth. Yeah, I'm not really well endowed. I don't have yeah. good feet. <laughs> not a great bod. <laughs> I mean, maybe me spinning a frisbee on my finger. True. In different outfits. Oh yeah, what the fuck happened to your Achilles or some shit? Uh, just fucking getting old, I guess. Just took a step and pop went the went the old leg. The old weasel. The yeah. old weasel. Did you get checked out? Did you go to a doctor? Uh, trainer said it wasn't torn. Uh, I have a physical therapist friend that said it wasn't torn. So hopefully he's just strained. Also don't have health insurance. Mood. So we're just going to ride it out. I've got health care for the next year and some change. I think like year and three months for free to the VA before I start ponying up and paying for myself. Oh, that mm. sucks. Anyway, cheers, boys. Cheers. cheers. First episode of the new studio. Oh, yeah. Woo! As you guys are here, this is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had a drink in like mm. three and a half weeks. That, that's feels, what, that tastes great. That's what I was... I've been asking this question to a lot of people, but ever since like I started drinking in college, somebody somewhere told me, you cheers, and then you hit the table, and then you drink. Yeah. Why do you hit the table? I have no idea. I just think it's to make noise. Yeah, I was going to say it's yeah, I to... I think it's to make noise. Like, hey, the, the time of drinking is... Because you don't like... if When I pour your second one, we're not going to... You know what I mean? It's like, okay, drinking starts now. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Okay. It's all part of the fun. Yeah. Part of the fun. It's part of being table. a man. If yeah. you if you, if you you have a better reason for cheersing and hitting the table, make sure you... Shut the fuck up in, about it yeah. because this is our show right now and that's why we're doing it. That's true. <laughs> Put it in the comments. <laughs> That's Actually, a good old-fashioned, though. Right? Yeah, that. the pre-mixed. Because I don't fuck with pre-mixed stuff, mm. and I kept seeing that at Costco, and he is actually the one that turned me on to it, because he had brought it for an episode, right? Oh, he turns yeah, you on. Yeah, last time I was here. Yeah. How, <laughs> does, turn him on? how does he turn you on? <laughs> yeah, maybe with, this... With this not rocking pod, and yeah, he's uh, my... fucked up Achilles tendon. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what gets me I like the going. clicking when I'm pounding him from behind. Yeah. Clicking. <laughs> 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 turn all the lights off and play... Uh, what's that? Uh, what's that game? The Nightcrawlers. <laughs> oh, I love that game. <laughs> I was thinking Twister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Twister's fun. My Naked Twister. Sounds, my body sounds like a metronome when I'm in rhythm. <laughs> click, 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 click. Um, I've got an announcement to make, guys, but this might be the last time I have the slums on the podcast because they decided to go off and cheat on me and go on a different podcast. Oh, man. And we had a contract. We did. We did. We no, were was... um, we were locked in at a hundred thousand dollar a year contract with Only Kings. Yeah, we had. A... Why do you think all my studios were so shitty? Yeah, we had a twenty five episode <laughs> deal with Only Kings, <laughs> and we only got to twenty four. <laughs> no, uh, that was a good episode though between you and the and you and Pierce. Check out the Five Five Connection. He's doing cool stuff. True. Yeah, that was a fun podcast nice, for sure. Nice I didn't know that they made houses out there. Yeah. So. When was this? Back in 20, 2021, I think. Because uh, there's a gym. If you go, so where his place is, right? In that like condominium complex. If you keep going, there's a gym out there called Soul Fitness. And a buddy of mine's a trainer out there. And I had gone for the like the grand opening. And literally the whole purpose of that 
um, that complex and then the gym is that Netflix, Netflix. is right next to it. Mm, so yeah. it, people in that complex are either engineers, like he is, right? Works down at the labs. So you just, he, rather than fighting your way through Albuquerque to get to the Air Force Base, you just mm. going through the back, right? So it's that. Um, it's people that work at Netflix that have a shit ton of money. And then it's people that have a shit ton of money bought the complexes and then rent them out to people that come into Netflix for like four months, six months, whatever it is, and they can live there. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You think and some stars are staying there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. What? And then uh, that Let's gym. Go trick-or-treating there Like the year. whole point. I, that's what I'm if I'm ever homeless, I'm going to be homeless over there. <laughs> I mean, half, of them, half of them have been to the island anyway. So you just show up. And you're like, I know you got candy. I know you <laughs> have candy. <laughs> I know you have candy. Anyway, uh, uh, in that gym, the whole purpose of like their whole business pitch to their investors, from what I've been told, was, hey, Netflix is there. It's growing. Amazon is bringing in people for their movie stuff, um, and they subcontract out Netflix's lot sometimes. There's a lot of need here. And yeah. I think like in the first in the first eight months or so, they had uh, the main dude from Queer Eye, I think was out there, right? The like the main couple of guys. Um they, and then they had like a couple of other like Netflix shit out there. Yeah, let it on with the with the gay jokes. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. I don't watch Queer I still I saw it on social Here he's a woman now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that was the whole point of that complex out there. So it's a, a bitch of a drive to go out there. There's but, a school out there too. But they just built a new school. Oh shit. Yeah. Cause I would go with the rock climbing wall for work a couple times a year and it was just like a school of portables. But now they have like a permanent location on the other side of the street. So we can go and pitch movies out there? Yeah, I think, think we can knock on the golden, the red, golden red end. Well, because of so the security company that I work for, uh, we have the contract for the Netflix lot. And because I guess something is happening in the next like month and a half, two months. Because um, Jaron from Side Montero. He just did a table read for a TV show they're doing out there. Like another, the same company from LeBron James that did uh, Res Ball. Yeah. They're doing a series out there. Nice. And he just did the table read. So they're filming that and they're filming like two other bigger projects. Um, and so they need like 20 more guards out there. Yeah. And so in preparation for that, I, uh, I re- I'm getting a tour of the lot. Nice. And I'm doing all my interviews out there. I'm doing all my, like, what have you out there. Nice. So I'm very fucking excited for that. Nice. I'm very excited. I'm just going to take, I'm going to take those cars and just scatter them all over the lot. Nice. Marketing. Yeah. Maybe you'll see the black couch. Oh, I know. (laughs) That's how you get cast. I know. How crazy is it that, like, in the 40s, and there's stories of this now, in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, these movie producers and, like, the heads of studios in their office, like they would have big enough offices to have like, um, like a lounging, like you know, like a like that classic like therapy bed. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like oh, it all started when I was a boy and like laying down on the couch, like that type of like where it had like the head and it sloops down. Yeah, like that. Uh, they had those. They had actual like full size beds, so that when the starlets would come in, like, how bad do you want? This oh part? Jesus! You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. that was a thing. Like they had their office big enough for the fuck station. I'm proud to announce that the podcast is now officially sponsored by the fine people over at Chop Chili Company. Guys, this is some of the best chili you can get here in the state of New Mexico, and they are online as well as in stores. They can be found at Smith's, Albertson's, Sprouts, John Brooks, and Lowe's Corner Market. They have three amazing flavors that you see here, and they also have 
frozen green chili that you can get online. Go on over to the website, chopchiliCo.com, and get yourself some amazing chili today. Podcast is now officially sponsored by the amazing people over at High Desert Relief, a premier herbal destination right here in the state of New Mexico. They have extremely well-trained and knowledgeable staff that are more than happy to help you find what you're looking for or try something that you maybe have never thought of. Uh, they have two locations here in Albuquerque, one in Santa Fe. All three will be listed right here and in the description of this episode. All three offering legendary products at absolutely legendary prices, including this awesome merch that they were so kind enough to gift me here. All of this can be found at all three of their locations. Again, big thank you to the guys over at HDR for supporting. Now back to the episode. So they could sign the contract right then and there. That's ridiculous. That's a real thing. It was too easy back then, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's too hard now, <laughs> I think. I was going to go to directing school, and then I heard that. All I ever wanted to do was be a movie producer, and then I found all the fun got taken out of it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> now you have to hire people based on talent. What the fuck? All this, all, this new, all this new DEI. <laughs> Dude, that is actually an issue, though. Like the whole D, you know what he's talking about? No clue. So there's. I can't even get into REI. <laughs> Too brown. <laughs> they should let you in. You'll 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 blend in with the wallpaper. <laughs> that's true. You'll be in like the the mosaics of your people. Maybe have, maybe that's a way to sneak in. Um, but basically, so it's DEI, ESG, and um, oh fuck, there's a third one, and OPP? basically there are these fucking, uh, there are these. Like scores that I don't know now I don't know exactly who assigns these scores, but think of them like credit scores, right? And so for ESG is environmental stuff. So how environmentally friendly is your company? Mm-hmm. DEI is how it's it's diversity. Fuck something in inclusion. Yeah, something in inclusion exactly. And so basically, what it is, it's like how. I mean, they're they're waving the social justice flag, right? It's like, how inclusive is your company? How inclusive are your products? How diverse are your products? Are you representing all peoples? You know, all that type of bullshit. Yeah. And basically what that leads to is like the Star Wars sequel trilogy being trash because it only focused pretty much on how do we demask... Like, why are all the stormtroopers white? <laughs> 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 well, well, think about it, right? So, for, like that was they had a black president. Well, that that was the that, before we did that. Who the stormtroopers? Darth Vader. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Anakin's white. You fucking hey, 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 hey! <laughs> I never seen it. I just seen the mask. Man. <laughs> um, but no, that was that was the big, actually, the big uh, controversy with Episode Seven. Because if you remember in the trailers, they were showing John Boyega's character is going to be a Jedi, and it turns out to be Ray, the chick, became the Jedi, right? Yeah. And then, um, anyway, my, my point is, is so a lot of these companies are forcing these diversity, basically diversity hires, diversity inclusion shit to get a better score because they get better, they get more money. I'd imagine for places like BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, all these other um, big uh, hedge fund companies, yeah, right. So they get more money to their to their stuff, but at least really shitty products. I mean, I I haven't seen like the last three Marvel movies because how everything i've heard about them how shitty they are um but on the other hand i was a fucking moron and i spent 70 dollars on the new suicide squad game 
and it's installed on my PC, ready to play tomorrow. I play that game all the time. And uh, <laughs> just get a bunch of my friends, <laughs> a couple of ropes. <laughs> have Have you seen? Okay, I'm a, I, I'm assuming you guys have taste, so you like Robin Williams, right? Yeah. Okay, there. It, if you see him like fucking Robin Williams, you can sit outside all day. All right, Pete. Yeah. So there's a movie. It's super dark. It's called World's Greatest Dad. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of that movie? Never. Okay, so single father, not having a good time. Son's a fuck up. He's trying to fix his son, all that type of stuff, right? Mid-50s, son is like 16, 17. Son has a fucking ravenous porn addiction, right? Yeah. And this is this movie's made in like 2002. This is like dial-up porn, right? Legend. So They knew what your life was going to be like before you were born. Oh. This is about you. So. <laughs> My biopic. <laughs> So what happens... I would want Robin Williams to play me. Too late. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Not with AI. Not with AI. AI, he's coming back. Hey, Jesus. Um, But they... uh, So what happens in the movie is the son, uh, he's jerking off, and he uses like a belt or a rope or something to... uh, like choke himself yeah and so but he what happens is he ends up tying it to something or it's like a mishap happens yeah and he accidentally kills himself by suffocation while he's jerking off yeah so his so robin williams comes home finds him and his first emotion is embarrassment because of what his son just did yeah the the sorrow and remorse that comes afterwards but he's embarrassed so what he does is he takes his kid's body Hangs it in the closet, makes it look like he just committed suicide. Yeah. Calls the cops, the morticians come and shit. But then the whole point of the movie is because of his embarrassment, he uh, he writes his kid's own suicide note. Oh, man. And then it goes like what viral would have been back then. So it floods through the school, the principals. It makes the news, national news. Like people are expecting him to write a book and all this crazy shit. And it's about him dealing with living off a lie. Yeah, Damn. it's really good. It's really like that and one hour photo are like super underrated Robin Williams movies. I've only seen the main ones, you know, the, uh, you know, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Aladdin. RV. RV is interesting. That's a good movie, too. I've seen that movie in fucking forever. RV. Um, but yeah, it's good. Really good fucking movies. Um, All right. Best dead actor. Best dead actor. Dead. Okay. Okay. Are we? T- okay. So I, let's categorize this question. Okay. Best as in like the they've made the better movies. They've done this like it's, it's quantifiably better or like my favorite. Because my favorite stuff is not always the best. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Just be- what's your favorite? My personal. I mean, Robin Williams was up there, bro. Um. What comes to mind? I gotta say Heath Ledger. I love. I liked his movies. Have you ever seen A Knight's Tale? A Knight's Tale is fucking amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that movie. I gotta be honest. The only Heath Ledger movies I've seen are The Dark Knight, Knight's Tale, and then Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that's what he's mainly known for. But I feel like he's, he had to have done other shit. Uh, Brokeback Mountain. Never saw it. Leroy's favorite movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> that's his fantasy. Yes. <laughs> that's why, that's why we started the band. That's why I wear so much <laughs> denim. He's like, guys, next music video. Trust, In a tent. <laughs> trust me. Have you seen a uh, fucking scary movie four? Is it four or three where they make fun of that? And it's uh, Kevin Hart and the big fat uh, black comedian. I forget his name, but they're in the tent 
and they're like and they're like singing to each other, and the one who brings out a gerbil and some lube. <laughs> you never seen that? Uh, might that might be the fourth one. I've only seen the first three. Yeah, I think it's the fourth one. Yeah, the third one is when they're like, <laughs> he and then he woke up dead. Like, yeah, how do you wake up dead? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, dead actor. I'll go with Robin Williams. Yeah. Robin. Who else is dead? Uh, you see, you know. hear about it and you give a shit in the moment. And then fucking three weeks later, you're like, eh, another dead celebrity doesn't come to mind. Oh, no, I take that back. No, actually, I take that back. I think my, and this is purely out of nostalgia. And it, Robin Williams, on depending on the day, just because I, this is how much I've, I mean, I've always loved stand-up, but, like, over the last, like, eight months, I must have dived into it. Robin Williams could take the place. But favorite dead actor right now for me is probably Kevin Conroy, mm. uh, the guy who voiced – he voiced Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, Batman the Animated Series, the Justice League cartoon, the Arkham series. Um, he briefly did live-action Batman and the CW shows. But, prob- like, especially for right now, yeah, probably – I've been, like, binging the – re-watching the animated series – so probably Kevin Conroy right now. Yeah. yeah. Fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> this guy watches anime. <laughs> what, Not what the you... good kind. <laughs> yeah, no tentacles in my <laughs> I don't know. I don't you know. Because any... well, I know who, who your dead musician would be. Uh, Mac Miller. Uh, or Marvin Gaye. He's dead? Marvin oh, he died. died a long time he ago. He died. It was it was a big... Wait, is is he... No, no, no. His dad stabbed him. What? Yes. Yeah. Look it up. Yep. Whoops. Well, so what <laughs> happened? Uh, I don't know the full story. I just know that his, his dad stabbed him. I think from what it... Because I watched a video on it on YouTube, and YouTube never lies. Not once. And, <laughs> We've not and, lied uh, once on this podcast. I, th- I think it was basically just like, just a fight. And uh, just they were both drunk, and then the dad took it a little too far, or something like that. But also, I was thinking of Jimi Hendrix, who. Okay, so okay, uh, one day before his forty-fifth birthday, Gay was shot and killed by his father in their house in Western Heights, Los Angeles, after an argument. Uh, the dad pled no contest to a voluntary manslaughter, received a six-year suspended sentence and five years of probation. That's uh, it for killing. Yeah, the greatest talent of our not our generation. Yeah, he got no jail time. That's fucking crazy. You ever seen the videos of like the the isolated vocals videos? Yes. The the Marvin Gaye ones are fucking yeah. insane. Him, uh, M Shadows from Vince Sevenfold, his is really good. Chester Bennington, Lincoln like, Park, yeah, really fucking good too. Yeah. I mean, back then you needed talent. You yeah. really did. You don't need like, talent they, nowadays. They did not have auto tune back then. I don't know. I think you still need talent today. No, I you think, do. Yeah, for sure. I think there's like a level of I hate to shill out and say, like, industry plant. You know, I, I hate to say that because I don't want to... A part of it doesn't want to believe it. But those definitely exist. And... I think you need talent to last. Yeah. Like, and, you don't need talent necessarily to, like, blow up. But you need it to stay... You need it to stay relevant. We need more than that to stay relevant. But, I don't know, man. I think a lot of it really does boil down to a perfect concoction of... You have at least enough talent to show your worth and to show that people can invest money in you, yeah. right? Whether that's uh, raw musical talent or whatever it is you do in a band or as a solo artist, uh, you have appeal, you have the marketability, right? You have to have some level of being attractive. And then whoever it is 
Because I, I think, again, I, I know nothing about this, but just kind of going off the top of my head, I think you have one shot at entering whatever the big leagues are, especially with music, right? Yeah. I think you have one shot. And whoever it is that ushers you into the music industry, they have to be connected to the right people. And then they start, you know, doing their magic. Like, I, that's how, and I'm not denying the talent, but Billie Eilish and, and her brother, right? Yeah. That's their story, is their parents knew the right people and they happen to be super talented. Mm-hmm. So it's like that perfect concoction of, okay, yeah, they have no experience professionally, but they have the talent to where we can put enough money into them, we're not going to lose it. Yeah. Right. That was, that's like, as far as if people were stock market, or like if people were stocks, that was a great investment. Yeah. Because look at everything they've fucking done off their talent. And what have your parents done for us? Uh, my dad served our country, you piece of <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> you take that fucking back. <laughs> Uh, he's right. You got me there. He's walking around with shrapnel in his ass. Like, I did something. I fought for what's good. <laughs> what have your parents done? Um, Lost. No, never mind. No, I got it. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> they created the golden ticket, man. Wait. Oh, you look at it. The red ticket. The red ticket. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, I did want to ask you guys a question about because now that 2023 is over and you did that inter- that podcast with uh, with Pierce, I, I don't know if it was you two or one of you guys or if it was Zach that said it, but one of you guys said that your year, it wasn't your worst year for the band, but you guys, it felt like you guys weren't going anywhere. It was the most work with the like it felt like the least progress Mm -hmm. because like in previous years like we had done less but like jumped up more levels those but those were the easier levels yeah like like we said like it was big when we got into launchpad and then it was big when we got into marble and then into meow wolf and then into sister and all that stuff but last year was just like a lot of the same stuff that we had already done and but we did get to play, and like getting into state fair was was like felt like a big deal. But this year, last year we got Summerfest, we got Bands of Enchantment, and like got like a ton more reps and a lot yeah. more fans. I was going to say because how do each of you define define product progress, and then where do you hold value in your progress? I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I feel like venues has a big thing to do with it. Like playing the bigger venue to the bigger crowd feels like a step up. It's like when we did New Mexico State, uh, like when we had our biggest show, that felt like a huge step up because we were like, we were just playing for like... Y'all did well too. Yeah. We we were playing for like 150 people at Marble. Because not only that, but like at the State Fair, I mean, you gotta think about who's going to the State Fair. Like especially today. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's people that don't really give a shit. It's high schoolers that want to go there and just show that they're to their other dumb little high school friends they have a girlfriend. Yeah. Right. And that poor like Zach Abeta, if you ever if you ever seen him do his joke live, he's got a really good bit about the fucking state fair and those poor girls that get trapped. Um, but he but so it's those people and then it's like, you know, the single dads that want to take your kid out for a good time. Yeah. It's the families that don't really give a fuck. They're only there for the kids. And the food. You know, yeah. But even then, dude, like I had gone with Danielle to see you guys and dude, we I mean, no, she paid uh twenty five dollars for fucking um 
what are they called? Those those fries, the ribbon fries. Ribbon, ribbon fries. Yeah. Yeah, like twenty five bucks. Oh yeah. And then I bought I bought her and I a beer. Thanks, Biden. And it was, <laughs> nah, bro. I blame the Mexicans. I gotta be honest. No, no. A bit of it was Biden, but most of that is Mexican. Because there's Jew greed and then there's Mexican greed, and Mexican <laughs> greed is real in this state, dude. I paid. I don't give a fuck. I paid eighteen dollars for two mass ascensions. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh yeah. Oh, it's. So- I paid. I oh. literally paid for one beer, fifty cents less than what a four pack costs. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. What, you know what uh, I mean? Uh, when was the last time you went to a show at uh, Isleta Amphitheater? Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, Dude, last it's time, like, I, last, time, last time I went was for Avenged, and it me and because me and Joey had gone. Yeah, yeah. It's like fucking thirteen dollars for a beer. Yeah, some of them are like twenty bucks. Yeah, for like a for like their mixed cocktails, or whatever. It's that's like twenty three dollars. That's shit. why we fucking pregame in the parking lot. Oh yeah, get catch enough of a buzz that's gonna ride you out, and you, and honestly, bro. It's trashy as fuck, but I go go I go get uh, the kilt kilt lifter I think it's called. Mm-hmm. It's like seven the gay drink. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's the gayest beer out there. <laughs> but because it's trashy as shit, it's like the white. No, it's not gay. It's the exact opposite. It's like white trash as shit. But it'll get you fucked up a little bit, and it, and for whatever they put in there, it helps you maintain a buzz. It's a oh, it's a beer. Well, it's yeah, it's a beer. Okay, yeah, it's a beer. It's and it's like one of the bigger like pint size or like pint and a quarter, or whatever it is. Yeah, right. It's like seven fifty, and dude, for whatever reason, that's cheaper than the Budweiser they have. Yeah, and I drink Budweiser. You guys have known me long enough. I drink Budweiser wherever I go because it's the cheapest, and I love it. But it's, it tends to be the cheapest. Yeah, you love horses and puppies. Y- yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> He's t- referencing the Super Bowl commercial. Oh, I've. Oh, come on! Those are the best Super Bowl commercials. Dude, I don't watch the Super Bowl anymore. Oh, no. I gotta be honest. Well, th- that's the, when they were good. The moment that they, no, that last Super Bowl like years ago that they promised me SpongeBob and I got no SpongeBob. True. I stopped watching the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I no. And because anything good from the Super Bowl commercial wise or like movie trailer wise is gonna be on the internet anyway. So True. fuck them. I don't give a shit. Anyway, my point is, is the people that are going to the state fair, right? They, the last thing they want is to stand in one place and watch music. music. Yeah. They want to get through, they want to do that mental checklist so they say they did it and they get the fuck out of there. But what you guys were doing that was awesome to see was, because you guys are fucking talented, you had people turning their heads, stopping and watching for a bit. Whether it was for the whole show, it was from like, it was for a few minutes or maybe like 20 minutes. Like you guys were able to grab attention. Yeah. And that's what matters. Yeah. So that was a big thing. Yeah, and then Yeah, that was that was a step up and then yeah, the Bands of Enchantment thing, hopefully I mean that I think I Is that what you were saying comes out on the third March second, yeah. March on New 10. Mexico PBS. That's when our episode premieres. Yeah, because y'all are like episode five, right? Yeah. No. Gonna be on Amazon Prime in the summer. Two day shipping. Two day shipping on our Bands of Enchantment episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dude that was such a cool cool thing to watch yeah that was like how did that i wanted to get to that a little bit later but like how did that feel doing bands of enchantment uh that one definitely felt like a step up it felt like it yeah. felt like shooting like a tv show yeah you know it if, felt legit. like super high quality cameras those the first time we were all like tuned into our earpieces and stuff like that yeah um did you all have in-ears yeah, yeah that was the first time nice. how did it feel having in-ears I like it personally. Because I'd imagine that at least it's not your first time using it, but I would imagine like it's a little jarring. Uh, right? a little bit. Well, when I when when I use them, I just have 
myself in them. Whereas like when we were doing it for Bands of Enchantment, all of us had everybody in them. And so how akin is that to, so let's say you go to the studio, right? Um, and I know you had to do a couple, you both had to do a couple of vocal reruns with I Like It, right? So you're yeah. going and doing your vocals and you already have like the band track going. So you're singing along to the band track and you know what marks to hit, you know mm-hmm. how to write, you know that. In the studio? So, yeah, in the studio. Yeah. So how akin to that was Bands of Enchantment where you can hear the whole band in your earpiece? Uh, it's nothing like that, really. Really? I mean, yeah. it's like, it's just very messy. Um, really? Like, yeah, it's you, a lot of fucking noise. Yeah, you, you kind of have to choose what you want in it. So like, um, you usually don't hear a whole lot of the bass, like it's just because it gets drowned out by the drums so much. And then Especially usually, with your fucking drummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then usually the guitars, you kind of have to pick one or the other. Um, at least we did for bands. Because uh, we, we were, even then, we were going way too loud for, for their sound engineers. Yeah. They were like, you guys can't play that loud. We'll just like, can't play me. that loud out of the amps. Because they didn't wow. want, they didn't want, because they didn't want sound from the amps. Right. Uh, hitting the people in the audience. They just wanted the sound recording or coming from the microphone in front of the amps coming out of the main speakers so that mean that meant that they had to turn down a lot compared to what they usually do what was the logic behind they didn't want it hitting the audience so i mean they have you continue it's gonna take yeah. the so what they do even at like regular venues like at launchpad and stuff you put a microphone in front of the guitar amp you mic up the drums and then all of that gets sent into the main speakers and that's where the actual mix is so like when you are when your sound coming from your amp is hitting the crowd directly then it's drowning out the sound coming from the actual mix and that's where like the sound discrepancies come from so that's why like in the front row a lot of our shows like you can't really hear the vocals there's a lot it's just like super noisy because our guys the amps are so loud yeah that's something we've literally pop with the whole time like ever since we first started the band we could never hear our vocals um and i, th- I think in-ears will change that because we're supposed to we're supposed to try to get some this year maybe for the full band but again like there's only so many venues that we could really use them at oh, you guys were saying that in in pierce's episode how like y'all walked up uh behind the last band and you picked up the earpieces oh like, yeah oh what the fuck <laughs> yeah. is going on yeah, it was that. pretty gross <laughs> Yeah, they looked, um, not to be rude, because I spoke to a couple of them after the shooting, and they seemed very nice, right? Uh, they they were a very um, earthy band. They're very Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They smelled like earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very earthy. Um, so anyway, but back to bring back, bringing back to my original question, how are you guys gauging your progress, and what kind of progress do you put value in? I, the way I see it is like, I, I, we, I just look back on where we really first started, and then, like, to see where we are now. Like, the last song that we just put out compared to the very first song we put out. It's still not as good as it could be, but I can absolutely see the progress that we've made, when, you know, just in everything. Writing, the overall, uh, you know, sound of engineering when we're actually putting out the master version. Yeah. Because uh, even then, like, way back in the day, our master versions sounded like it was on, you know, like a three-year-old fucking made it. So, that's But that's cool. not anyone's fault except for us. You know, Kenny wow. did as much as he could with with a bad product. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I see what you're saying with that. I will say, I think the only criticism I have of you guys of late is I think 
you should might have held like what was the what was the rationale in or the thought process behind releasing everything's fine after i like it in the same year because i like it is it, it's your best song yeah i don't think there's a question about that right mm. is that kind of the consensus right now yeah yeah whether it's you uh, it was like the in talks with the band or it's just crowd and audience reception that is your best song mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why not end the year on that uh i think i mean we just had it okay and we've had the mentality of like there's no point in waiting like nobody's really paying attention right now i disagree not out in albuquerque sure they are maybe not like global yeah but, but that's that's like just basically the more stuff you put out the more okay. likely it's something's gonna connect okay um so yeah it's and like then there's, no, go ahead. there's no use like holding on to stuff because it just like doesn't really matter it's it's might as well just get it out there. Yeah, right. and the longer that we held on to it, like the less they were starting to like, like not like it. Yeah. So I feel like the longer we would have held on to it, we may have never even put it out. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So because like the more, I mean, the, well, with that with that logic, then why put it out? Because if I, the more you're simmering on it, the less you like it. I think well, that comes a lot just from like listening to it over mm -hmm. and over and oh, like so many times because okay. we. Enough. We go back and forth with Kenny. We get the the first mix, and we're like, okay, we need to listen to the whole thing. And then, all right, we need the guitars turned up. We need to redo this vocal part. We need to do something with the drums right here. And we do that like four or five times for every song. So just listening to it over and over and over just kind of makes you sick of it. That's fair. Um, okay. So Are you guys using any like people? Cause I asked this, I think, of Toby and Nick the last time they came through. Um, are you guys when you have like your first draft coming back from the studio, right? Are you guys showing that to anybody outside of the band where you're like, Hey, what do you think? Like, do you have like a trusted group of people in your own circles where it's like, I trust your opinion. You're going to give me pushback. You're going to tell me if it's good or not. Not really anymore. I feel like when we were first having like recordings, then we would send it out early. Um, nowadays I have like a small group of people that I'll send like the mastered version out just so they can like hear it early. Cause yeah. like, they're like ride or die yeah. homies. Yeah. I feel like we'll show some like like some of the local musicians stuff before we actually put it out. Yeah, like if we're hanging out with the mangoes, yeah. we'll be like. This but we're not really like looking for approval. We're just kind of being like, "Yo, this is what we got. You yeah, know, this is Good. the new one coming out." Good. Good. So and that also, I don't think musicians are really the best ones to ask if yeah. you're like if you guys are at the like same level. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. You know. Also, okay. it's not, I'm not talking shit out because I mean Albuquerque's music scene is amazing, but it's just like who's the big name in Albuquerque where it's gotten past that point to where we could really nope. look look up to and talk to them. Right. No, you easily. always want to because it's good to have your colleagues and it's good to have the people at the same level so you guys can kind of. It's a friendly competition, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it is a competition, mm -hmm. and you might want you know, like you're checking each other, and you're just like, okay, well they're doing this, we're doing this, let's collaborate a little bit, do here and there. Like you guys are very good at that with the mangoes. Like that's not a question. But yeah. I see the logic where it's like, well, if we're looking to level up, why are we getting not even approval, but why are we asking the opinion of people at our same level? Because mm -hmm. then you're just kind of running around in a circle. But also, it's at that point too. Like we're not we're not making music for musicians. Like we're making yeah. music for the people yeah. and the people are not musicians. True. There's you know a, I mean? there's a difference there. Yeah. There's Cause huge there's some songs where musicians would be like, this is like the best musically made song ever. Yeah. And then you'll take, you'll listen to like a simple three chord song that has, it's a platinum fucking record, I but mean, it was like it was... green days, all of green Day's <laughs> early years. Yeah. I mean, 
anyone, not anybody, but most people, me in middle school, could play like most of Dookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of American Idiot. Right. Because it's so simple, but it works. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All so- the complicated stuff is on like Warning and Nimrod and uh and insomniac or insomnia insomniac mm-hmm. whatever that album is i forget what it's called but such a great very dark album but great album but yeah. it's complicated yeah yeah and i mean they're both great but it's just musicians will appreciate what's done in a song more than right. your average right. listener yeah and there's also a lot less musicians than there are just your average listener yeah well you'll find that in any field though yeah so naturally yeah so, well and, and the reason i asked you the original question about you guys's progress where it's like you guys did the most work for the least amount of output. I don't, if I, this is the outside looking in, watching everything you guys did last year, I'm not convinced that, I mean, you guys, again, like we've already said, State Fair, Bands of Enchantment, playing Launchpad multiple times, Summerfest, Marble multiple times, uh, Sister twice or once? Twice. Twice, Twice, right? Okay. So, to me, maybe... It's hard to feel this in the moment, but looking back, to me, output wasn't really the goal of last year. The best thing that came out of your year last year was cementing yourselves. Yeah. Of like, hey, we are what's happening. We're not going away. Yeah. And here's why. Mm-hmm. And you have a music catalog to back it up. You have a stage presence to back it up. You have talent to back it up. And you have dedicated fans to back it up. I mean, you have fuckers driving from like Gallup or some shit. Yeah. Very nice people. Amazing people. But you have people like driving hours mm-hmm. to come see your 30 40 minute set maybe an hour set if the crowd's lucky yeah. right so i think a lot of 2023 was you guys like cementing yourselves mm-hmm. yeah that's for now sure. five years from now four years from now even if you're having the same type of year as 2023 maybe then it's time to look at things and be like all right what are we doing mm-hmm. are we just sticking around as like a local band that these venues can really uh, rely on yeah. to book out their place because we're like the Albuquerque crew mm-hmm. and maybe is this like what what's going wrong why aren't we breaking through that barrier yeah exactly and I think this year is more focused on breaking through that barrier because I mean last year was definitely the best year we've ever had and we like won best of the city which was huge so yeah. now- oh that's right okay so yeah. you guys you guys had best of the city and then Nick had uh best instrumentalist yeah yep and then i ended up top five vocalist yep but so yeah i mean the that was huge i think that'll be easy like make it easier to book stuff elsewhere because we're like we can show we were the top band yeah right and i think the whole city i think like we say that songwriting was our most like our main goal for last year because like we really weren't even trying to like not to sound cocky or anything like that but we weren't trying to book stuff like we just kind of would go to stuff and then talk to some people and then get offered, you know, a spot like Bands of Enchantment. We just went to the red lights, like um, in t- uh, in- red carpet thing or whatever. Yeah. Met the people and then like showed them our stuff and then got on the show. That's networking. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, wow. our, our our main priority of last year was more on the songwriting. You know, we're, sh- we're, we weren't pushing a whole lot for, for shows. It shows. It really does. Your songwriting is improved instrumentally, vocal-wise. Like, everything you guys are doing, it makes sense. Yeah. And I think last year, too, was, like, the reason we put out Everything's Fun at the end of the year is just, like, that was in 2022. We put out seven songs. 
and then last year we put out eight songs. Okay. So it's just like a that's little, fair. like that's just fair. a little bit okay. of a level up. There like, it is. Okay. Nice yeah, even that's number. fair. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I I I prefer. I, everything's fine. It's a good song. Like it's not bad. I don't yeah. really, I don't really give that impression at all. Like I like it, but I like it. Is fucking yeah for sure that's, yeah that, very that, different vibes dude for that's sure. still in my rotation like yeah. you know spotify gives you the on repeat mm-hmm. whatever that's still up there dude that song yeah. fucking hits and i think <laughs> that that's definitely like one probably the top one that we would send to out of state yeah bands and booking agents and stuff like that just be like yeah we have the song sadly that song might not be on the bands of enchantment episode yeah we're trying to figure that out because we only get half because our we had the first band and then our band, so we're only getting half of the thirty minute episode. Eat a dick. Yeah. What? Yeah, we're trying to, and we did four songs. I guess not. Bands of Enchantment. We love you guys. Yeah, but we had time. I guess we had time to fit on the episode for three songs. So we're trying to. We're, we're gonna have to drop a diff, another one and have. Don't I like drop it on it. its place. Do not drop. I like it. Yeah. Don't. So, because what did you guys play that night? I know you did twenty something. I like it. Hopeless, Hopeless goodbye, forever. goodbye Forever. Yeah, and it was only three songs made the cut, I guess. But, yeah, they, they just kind of, like, edit it, and I don't know. I think they just kind of released it themselves. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Well, I think Toby's talking to him, hopefully, to get I Like It on there instead. Out of those, four, out of those four songs, what would you guys drop? Probably Hopeless. What was the other ones? 20-something and Goodbye yeah, Forever. Yeah, probably Hopeless. Okay. I mean, they're all good songs, but, I mean, we're trying to represent... You know ourselves as what we, you know, as our best products. The only reason I would say drop hopeless is because goodbye forever has more crowd engagement. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what for I sure. mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for a live setting, I agree with that. Yeah. Also, I like it was the most like enthusiastic and oh, yeah. got the crowd, you know, most into it. Banger, dude. Yeah, and twenty something I think was like a staple song for us last year. Yeah, it was. Like we did it on sure. the news and yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that was. Yeah, I yeah. think twenty yeah. coming out of coming out of like starting the year last year with twenty something and goodbye forever was like a huge, like great start for us. Yeah. yeah, I would say Bands of Enchantment is our biggest thing to date. You know, it's like the biggest thing we've done based on the broadcasting reach and mm-hmm. the yeah. platforms you'll be on, right. and, 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 and what and you'll like, be able to say with that mm-hmm. is like, yeah, we we are on a televised, like a syndicated show yeah. that's been broadcasted on Amazon Prime, and it won an Emmy, and like, all that stuff. Yeah, no, and I mean, you're right. Like when you look back, like if it was just written down on a list of what we did this last year, our year looks really good. Like yeah. on Bands of Enchantment, one best band in the yeah. city. Because you're cementing yourself mm-hmm. as staples of the city. Yeah, conquer what you're doing and then right. move on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think you got, I think, again, I don't know everything about the music scene here, right? Um, but I think you guys are maybe two years away from conquering all that Albuquerque has to offer. Unless something crazy happens this year and you're able to get Sunshine on like a feature act. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the goal. You know, like we're, like we're still going to, this year we're going to play a lot less shows. Because we played so many, we played twenty three shows last year. That was like that's a lot. That's like every two weeks, every three weeks that's we were a lot. playing. Yeah, it was insane, and that really took a toll on us because like we didn't feel that progress live. We actually felt sort of like a like backwards. Like we were playing so many shows that our crowds were, I feel like smaller. Yeah, they were like, just spattered between weekends. Yeah, because you know I mean? it was like, oh, I just saw them two weeks ago, right. so why would I go see the them? The exclusivity is now gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that. So now yeah. now we're going to get be more like selective with our shows. Are there conversations that happen inside the band where it's like, hey, 
not only it, like okay, so maybe like in the moment, you know, let's say during twenty twenty three, it's like okay, we're playing this many shows, we have this many shows coming up already booked. How are we going to navigate this? Should we book beyond this? And then now that you're going into twenty twenty four, is there a conversation happening right now where it's like a roadmap where it's like hey. These are the milestones we would like to hit and are realistic for 2024. Now, how do we get there? Are those conversations happening? Yeah, I mean, all the time. I mean, we've said it <clears throat> last year, too, was our main goal was to get out of state, which we did, but it was only for one show. You're so, still out of state. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing, because, again, if you want to compare, just because this is like the realm that I'm dipping my toes into, I mean... Going out of state for music is so much harder than going out of state for comedy, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Just because I've never gone out of state for fucking comedy, obviously. But seeing you know people that I've become friends with and that I look up to that have gone out of state for that, it's the barrier to entry. Like you have to bring a resume and you have to know people. You have to know people with the music, obviously too. But it's just one guy going out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're carpooling out there, or you're like, hey, yeah, I'll meet you up. I've got. I've, thank you for the five minute set. Thank you for the fifteen minute set. Whatever. Yeah, dude, like they're but already. You, they already have a microphone, and that's all you need. That's all you need, right? But then with you guys, it's like, no, we're a six man band mm -hmm. of dudes that with all their equipment and all their amps and all their stuff. Like that's not a fucking, you know, hop on the train and go type of. Yeah, thing. and then yeah. everyone has to take off of work. Yeah, you know. So then. So yeah, no, going out of state just for one show. I mean, you you guys as a collective made out of made it out of state. Yeah, yeah, and it was that's, a, that's something to brag about, dude. Yeah, it was. Yeah. A, I mean, and it was a solid show. Like for our first one ever, that was like you were with something solid. desert fish. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. We're trying to get them uh, in Albuquerque again this year if they come. They usually come through for uh, for like a little tour. Okay, so we'll try to get on with them. So. These conversations that you guys are having, like the, the the planning, the projecting out for the next year, you have to spill all the beans. But because I because you guys are my friends and I I like to I I'd like to see you guys progress and grow. Like, what are these conversations looking like? Are they just in a group chat? Are they in person? Like, are these real like strategic? Because you have like you guys again like it can be shown in like a negative light where it's 20 year old guys very competitive very masculine testosterone driven you know it's easy to butt heads and that happens like that's just part of being a guy oh yeah but okay. on the other hand you guys are such a great mix of personalities to where you guys like it's like it's like you're one in my opinion outside looking in you guys have like one big toolbox and it's like okay toby can go do this Johnny can go do this. Leroy does this. Nevin does this. And it's like all you guys have your separate little areas where you can help elevate the band. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are you guys planning things out like that? Like how are you how are you looking at your future right now? So I feel like <clears throat> we've slacked a lot the last basically three to four years because Toby has really been the one doing a lot of the work. And so we had this conversation uh, like a month or two ago about how – we're just not where we think we should be, mainly in songwriting. You know, we're doing all right. We're doing good on stage and all that, but we're just not completely happy with the level of, of where our songwriting's at and lyrically and just the or instrumentally. A li just, just a little bit of both. The whole song, mm -hmm. okay. like just the quality of, of a full song. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about this year about putting out less music, uh, spending more time on each song, making it uh, each one a hit song. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've always tried to do. But I when you're, you're trying saying. to put one well, a month, one out a month, well, it's be, like takes away from I mean, it a talking bit. to you guys both personally and on the podcast, there was a huge emphasis on putting out music last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was the goal. Is that just was like, like the just well, the that, 
right. all fucking time was getting your RPMs up for, you know, making music. Yeah, and that's what all of last year was. Like, more shows than we've ever done by a long shot, more songs than we've ever put out. And that was, like, by the end of the year, we were fucking, like, even in, like, at the end of the summer, we were fucking burnt. Like, yeah. and this year, like, last year was a lot on the qual or the quantity and, like, getting the reps and stuff. This year is going to be a lot more focused on the quality. So, yeah, and that all comes from like, so like <clears throat> Zach, he got his, uh, his own like home setup. We're going to get our own home setup so that we can start making like Re- regarding what though. So, like, because Reco- like recording. right now, yeah. So, like, right, but in, in what capacity, like, in what capacity of the, because like, you can just record vocal, you could record technically record vocals in here if you yeah, really want exactly. to. Yeah, exactly. Just for but, demo, just for demo purposes. Yeah, just for demo okay. purposes. Um, just because like I'm saying, like, nothing really gets done outside of practice with us right now so there's not a whole lot of us working extra unless we're like all right it's time to practice right now how long did it take for that realization to hit that was a conversation we had a yeah month ago. really yeah so was it hey uh lyric wise it's not happening outside of practice drum fill bass lines i'm and I'm also just using jargon that I know from music in general. So, yeah. you know, but just these, 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 um, like in the military, they're called like implied tasks, like things you should be doing, mm-hmm. right? right? It's not happening outside of practice, it's only happening here. It needs to be happening outside of yeah. practice mm-hmm. so that when we show up, we're like game ready, ready to go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so, like the songwriting last year, it was a lot of like either like Toby had a demo or Zach would come to practice with an idea or, or Johnny would come with a riff to practice and then we would like write the song right then and there at mm-hmm. at practice like together and with six people and all like, having their opinions and be like no I don't really like the way that sounds no he does like the way that sounds and you have split decision kind of things and then it's just you end up spending three hours on a verse that doesn't work out yeah and then you, you know? don't even end up using it so you just wasted a whole like meeting like meeting up all six of us is really difficult yeah so we just wasted a whole band meeting precious time yeah yeah but sometimes it does work like i like it technically that didn't just happen uh like at practice but toby had like the riff so he came with the riff uh nick laid down like a really nice drum track and then kind of everything just kind of came together at practice that day well i mean if that if the music guys have put out is a is a product of that type of practice I mean, imagine what you guys can do when you're using your spare time and you're using your, you know, outside of nine to five time to really hone in on your specific part of our part of the group and you bring it all together. I mean, fuck, dude. Right. Yeah. I know. And you guys have told me this. I'm in the minority. I really like Just Talk. Oh, yeah. I love that song. I love that song, too. I fucking love that song. But um, so like music dating back to that was 2022, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So dating back to even back then, I'm like still one of my favorite songs that you guys have made is uh uh nothing at all in saving mm-hmm. so if you guys you guys have it like that's why that's partially mm-hmm. why i care so much is yeah. you guys have the ability to make fucking phenomenal music yeah it's just it's so really if, just about the the time and being okay. like spending it wisely and like being focused it's more just about focus than anything like is it like is it like not to get too personal, but is it like lifestyle changes you may have to make? Is it time allocation changes you may have to make? Or it's like, hey, I might spend an hour, hour and a half, even like thirty or forty five minutes doing this sometimes or whatever it is. I have to now cut this out 
so that I can focus on this project because I'm nurturing this giant, I mean, this like tree pretty much, right? Yeah. I'm, is it stuff like that? Yeah, uh, I, th- I feel like pro- this probably, year. more than likely. Yeah, I feel like this year we're really looking at this thing as like an investment. So it's like good if you aren't like spending your time that you aren't with the band or whatever, like trying to invest in it, then we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, and so like that's what I'm saying. Like Toby was the only one doing that this last year. Zach did it a good a good amount of times. But um, the difference w- between the demos that we would get between them is that uh, Toby has like he has different software. I don't know if he has different software, but he might just know how to use it a little bit better. And so he would send a full demo with like a of, drum like, track that like he like, came drum- up with some shit. No, no. he w- he would find like drum tr- like drum tracks on YouTube and just use oh, that as like a place like a filler. Stock. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then he would record guitars and sometimes bass over yeah. that drum track. Just, and, just and, like as a place filler, so like we could get the idea of the song, mm-hmm. and we can go from. There. And then like with Zach, like he um, he would do that, but he wouldn't do guitar, it was, or sometimes he would just send a bass line, and so like we like it, it was a good bass line, but it's hard to hear that when it's just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, boom. like ba- the so, bass out of context, like musical context. Yeah, so we need like, the guitar. We need we need the vibe like the rattling. Song. Not everybody is the dude from fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers, so I feel that. Yeah. Oh, yeah no. Flea, right? That's his name? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. everybody's that, so I get that. Yeah, but hey, Zach and Toby were the only ones really putting in that extra effort this last year. And so that's basically where we're coming at this year of to for everyone to start their own ideas at home, bring them to practice, and then we can match that vibe kind of on our own time because sometimes when you bring, uh, you know, a guitar lick or a bass line or something like that to practice, you don't know what kind of song you're going for. Yeah, and also you just have to hope that the other guys hear it mm-hmm. and they feel it in the moment and they can start playing it, like, right then and there as soon as they hear it, which Nick is really good at, like, Toby will come with a guitar, uh, like a, a riff or a chord progression or something, and Nick is really good at just like playing on the spot, and well, you're just was, like, that's what the song should sound like. Not to be like a reductionalist or, you know, dumb things down, but is there not like times in, the, in like a I imagine you have a group chat somewhere. Yeah. Is there not times where it's like Toby or any of the instrumentalists come up with a a riff or a fill or whatever the fuck, and like, hey, what do you guys think of this? And they just send it to you guys? And you judge then and there, or do you guys always wait till practice? Uh, sometimes Toby okay. will send like the demos in the chat, but it's hard because it's like you don't know if they're at work or it's like usually you're putting your phone up to the ear and you're like not really hearing as you know how good it, it really is gonna sound. Right. Again, That's not fair. really knowing the vibe of it. Yeah. But now, I mean, now that Zach like has his software, now Toby doesn't have to write a baseline like a filler baseline. He can send it to Zach. And be like, I have this. It's got the drum track and the guitars. Now write the bass line. Because a lot of times we were asking, Toby would come in with the demo or the guitar. Nick would hop on the drums and we'd be asking Zach to write on like the spot. Like on the spot. Yeah. yeah. And he, Without he, knowing the vibe of the song, really what we're going for. Yeah. And he did a great job last year. Like all the all of our songs like came out solid as, in, as far as the bass goes. But He's a very now, talented bass player. Yeah. Now we have now he has the opportunity to actually sit down with it for like a couple of days and think about it and write and like actually lay it down. And this way he doesn't have to like just be bombarded with right right now. Right. Yeah. And me and Toby actually had like a sit down <clears throat> just like with us two. Um, just kinda like talking about like what 
what we want for this next like year and like what it's going to take. And I just feel like I'm not doing what I need to be doing. So this year I'm really going to try to step up and like I said, we're getting our own like home recording equipment. So I'm going to try to be the one to at least, you know, send some demos and give ideas to the songs. Cause I mean, like I've written a, a good amount of songs like sundress. I wrote, you know, uh, nothing at all. You know, I like, I wrote that instrumental and stuff like that. So, I mean, I know I can do it. I just, this last two years, it's, I just haven't like, I don't know. I just haven't uh, spent the time to, to do that. And I feel like my, I, what I would say is my excuse is that, you know, I, we already have two guitar players, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know if I need to be doing that cause we already have two of them. Like that's kind of their job. But I mean, you know, I'm, I know how to make music. So, and if, and if I have, you know, an idea in my head and I can put that out onto the software and then send that to them, you know, and get another song started instead of it just being Toby or Zach or Johnny, you know, but you get another hit song there. Well, self-awareness is important, first of all, and I'm glad to see that the collective group has that. I'm not surprised, but I'm glad that you guys have that, right? So, because you're right, I, from an outsider looking in, I would imagine that, like, yeah, why, why is the vocalist... Not necessarily giving input, because input is always good, but why would a vocalist be writing guitar riffs? Why would a vocalist be writing these different things? But if you have the ability to give valuable input, right, right valuable starting points to what the lead guitarist, the rhythm guitarist, because I know Johnny and um, Toby switch off, uh, what the lead or the rhythm guitarist can do on a song or stuff like that, yeah, that, I mean, it's better to have that input than to not have it. Because if you don't have it, you're at zero anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you do give input, all right, plus five. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Right. So it's good you guys are having those type of conversations. And so that's, and that's what I was going to ask along with that. Like, do you feel like you were, upon self reflection, like you were relying a little bit too much on your bandmates? And then you're like, oh, okay, here's where I can interject myself. And that's not, and I don't ask that question based on quality. Because the quality of your of your songwriting and your verses are fucking great. Yeah. Like, you do your job well. Like, I don't want that to get misconstrued. But from your point of view, do you feel like you were maybe relying on them too much? And you're like, oh, well, this is also just basically how my, how, how my brain works sometimes, too, where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I've been getting by on this level of interaction, and it's pretty decent. It's pretty good. Right. I'm just going to keep writing that until I can't anymore. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a little bit of that? Like what was going through your head? Yeah, no, it definitely was, um, you know, just like of just doing, you know, just enough. But, but like I'm saying, you know, like if I can, cause I, I know I, like, I, I, I hear catchy riffs all the time, but I never really spend the time to record it because I know that Johnny or Toby is going to come up with something different that I can write along to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But if I, that that's kind of what I'm saying. Like if I can follow through with some of my ideas and make them the best that I can before I even send it to them and really give them the vibe and the idea of the, what the song is going to be, then they can just, you know, it, I'll get a little more, um, not cred or whatever, but you know, like I can be more of that guy now. This boy's thinking about royalties, son. <laughs> <laughs> I can get 10%. <laughs> I wrote more of this song, motherfucker. No, no yeah, it's just, it's it's more of like feeling like, uh, like I can do more. Yeah. I can do more. It, that's that you need to have, especially with you guys being a part of a fucking, it's an ensemble. You know what I mean? It's a six piece ensemble music group. Yeah. You need to have the servant mindset. 
should there be a leader? Should there be a guy and that says the final yes or no? Maybe. I mean, I can't really say yes or no about that, right? But that my brain says maybe there should be. Mm-hmm. But you won't fail if all of you guys are going with that servant mindset. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like, I can add to this. this her, here's why I can add this outside of raw talent. Right outside of my ability to sing or play guitar or whatever you're doing in the group, I'm here to no matter what, I'm gonna service this band. Yeah. I'm going to put my best foot forward with it. I'm not gonna half ass it and I'm not gonna think of it as like a side thing or whatever. Because I've heard I've heard it out of all of you guys' mouths at this point, both on and off this, where it's like, Yeah, this is what we wanna do to eventually replace our nine to five. We want this to be our main source of not only livelihood, but what makes us happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So to get that, it's gonna take a lot more of that, you know, extracurricular yeah. not extracurricular, but like the extraneous time that you may or may not have. Yeah. yeah. And I think we, we really came to that realization just because we look back, what are we four years in now? We've made a lot Almost of progress. Five, yeah. But we're just not like <clears throat> I feel like I pictured pictured us blowing up of course every band does right but uh once we once we realize once we realize that oh that's not actually happening we we got to do something else i mean i'll be real man i can relate to that like i'm entering year four of the podcast and there are times where i'm like why the fuck did this episode not get x amount of views oh yeah why didn't this reel get get this amount of views why you know this that or the other but and the reason why i asked that original question about how do you guys value your progress is because i when i look at my own progress i'm like okay when i first started this i had no intention of doing it full time Mm -hmm. i had no intention of buying like i remember my buddy jay who was my uh producer for a while uh when he lived in la and then moved to arizona for a bit still a good friend of mine um, he's the one that helped me start the podcast, like from the ad, like administrative side and from like the tech side, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he, I remember when he pitched the idea to me of like, "Hey, if you're really gonna do this, you should buy one of these." And I saw the price tag on it because I just seen it from like Rogan and shit. Yeah, I was like, "Okay, may ah, these are expensive. Maybe I can get them like three years, four years down the road, but this is not a thing for now." But thankfully, I had people that helped me out, and then I had some of my own money, and I was able to get them. I'm like, okay, that's progress. And I try to base my progress on relativity of where I started and where I thought I could be, you know? But yeah, there are definitely times now entering my fourth year where I'm like, I kind of wish my YouTube was at this. I kind of wish my Spotify was at this. Yeah. Yeah, but, the the numbers make it really tough. Yeah, well, I think they, that's mentally like I'm the like I'm the one that like looks at all of our like numbers and like Spotify uh, listeners and and like streams and stuff like that, and to like fully believe in a song, especially like I like it or like how we felt about like Hopeless or uh, like watching you fall, to like fully believe in that and be like this song is next level. This song is gonna get some traction because it's really fucking good and then to see it like kind of flop like right out of the gate well but then define flop is it flop relative to where you think it should be or is it flop compared to your highest song at the time uh i think just like now that we have enough songs i see the trajectory of one song versus like the trajectory of another okay and there are songs like like 20 something and goodbye forever even sundress 
um, which was like one of the first songs we ever wrote. That's still our most streamed song ever. But it's, it's I mean, I I know that there's a lot of back and forth about that song, the original version of it. Yeah. That is your most streamed. It's a good song. It is. I, I understand 100% why you don't play it live. Yeah. I totally get it. That's and a simple, it's a four, four chord progression song. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it makes all the sense in the world why you don't play it live. Yeah. Like that's a song you play live when you're doing a huge show where you have an hour and a half to play with and you kind of want to mellow things out before you go right back up. Yeah. But when you've got 30 minutes to play with, and each song is like two and a half to three minutes, and you're transitioning, and you're changing tunings, like every second is precious, so I totally get it. Yeah. But so, Sundress being at the top of the list, it doesn't surprise me. I'll be honest. It doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. But it's just like, it's frustrating to see even the trajectory of that song, or the trajectory of like 20-something, which is like top three best songs we have and then to put out i like it and then to not see the same trajectory obviously our best song so let's let's think about it critically then how much advertisement how much promotion how much i don't know how to really define it or to come up with the terms like social media-ness right Mm -hmm. anything that can that can encompass putting that song out there realistically speaking how much did you do that for i like it so did, we did like a Spotify that, ad. Same that we did for 20-something. Yeah, um, but we we did the Spotify ad a little late, which may have had something to do with it. But still, I mean, we, we saw progress from that Spotify ad. You know, we had like double the amount of listeners on our Spotify. But, so I, I'm going to dig in deep because this is just how my brain works with my own content that I make, right? And I know where I can do better, right, where I need to do better. How much buildup did you do it for that song? Not just in person, because you guys were playing that song for a little bit yeah. before you released it. Yeah, probably. And like the two. crowd reaction was what the fuck. Like I was, I considered myself privileged. I heard that song in practice for the first time, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. Like when Nick hit that first drum fill, mm-hmm. he gave me this look, and I was like, "I don't know if you're gonna give me a hug or <laughs> fuck me right now." Yeah. I'm like, what the Hopefully fuck both. Was that? <laughs> but my point is, is like, okay. How much buildup did you do for it? How much did you surround the premiere of the song? And then how much care are you giving me to it afterwards? I would have liked to have, us to have done a lot more with it, you know, a lot more promo. But everything, again, because last year we were doing, you know, one month, uh, uh, a song a month. You know, we're, we're kind of like trying to rush it out. So we should have done more. Does for your it. audience know? Can you confidently say that your audience knows that every month there will be a new slum song? No, not really. I mean, it's not something we like put out there. And why is that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we weren't really trying to say, "Oh, here we're putting out a song a month." It was more of just like we're trying to get as good as we can, and we're trying to get all the bad songs out of the way, kind of thing. You know, because that's fair. No, the yeah, more I, bad I songs you make, yeah, well, the I mean, more bad, good, really good songs. Well, that's you that, that's <laughs> the advice that I got in the very short time. Thanks to the, I can talk about this now. Thanks to the United States Army cutting the education budget. Uh, the very short time that I spent in film school, one of the best pieces of advice that I got from one of my film teachers was, if you're really serious about film or whatever creative endeavor you're doing, just do it. Even if you think it's shitty, just produce it and make it. Because he See goes, it all the way it's, it's going to take 10,000 hours to get like the perfect shit done. Whatever it is. So get your 10,000 hours of shitty stuff out of the way so that you can gain the skills and the knowledge and just build that toolbox so that you can start making greatness. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, That makes more, perfect sense. The more like average songs or 
not good songs you put out, the closer you are to the great song. Right. Like the more, I'm obviously just the more reps you have, the more the better you get. So why is there? Why do you think there isn't a general knowledge in your audience base? And I say this just because one of the first things that was pretty much from every angle of advice that I got from starting this podcast, I'll say in the first year, was you need a release schedule. You need something people can count on. Whether it's five people or 500 people or 50,000 people, you need a release schedule people can count on, Mm -hmm. right? Because if they they care about your product, they're going to expect the next whatever, right? So why, in your opinions... Why isn't there an awareness, generally speaking, in your audience that every month I can count on a song from these guys? Uh, I think I feel like it's a little different with music because it's just yeah. like I mean, podcasts you can put out a song. No, for sure, or put out an episode. No, I'm saying okay, every week or every not two even weeks. not even a month, but just saying release schedule in general. They're saying we're dropping an album in October, kind of thing. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Or like generally speaking, hey, I can I might be able to find new stuff by them. At this time, period, right? Yeah, right? a general we, release schedule. Yeah, and yeah. we do that. We'll, we'll we'll start promoting a song like, up like up to like a month before we release. But at the end of the day, like it's still the same. It's still a lot of the same thing. It's like nobody's really paying attention. Like they might be fans of us. They might like to come to our shows. They might like to listen to our music. But they're not really paying attention. There's so much other shit going on. Right. Then they're seeing so much shit every day. Yeah. That and they're not like that invested yet like that they're not gonna see like i think you're close though yes we are but they're not gonna be like oh slums has a song on this date and that date is 14 days away like i'm ready for it i can't wait till it comes out it's more just like oh they just dropped a new song let me click on the link because it's fast and it's easy um it's like it's hard to build up hype when not, people aren't really like paying attention. I see what you're saying though. Like if we, maybe we would get more attraction if we did do that. If we took, you know, in two months, we're going to be doing this release. We drop a little video, a little hint of it yeah. here and there. That's That was one thing we talked about too, is we need more promotion, promotion and just more like content. Like we need more video content for sure. Like we did three like promo videos of like, we did a, a video of us, at Summerfest, we did a video of us, two videos of us at, or no, one of us at Sister and one of us at Marble. Yeah. Um, and those are really cool, just kind of like quick little minute long recaps. Well, it's funny because I look at um, this is the comparison that comes to mind. Uh, they haven't put out a lot recently, but uh, Sai Montero. Yeah. Their bread and butter, it looks like right now, are their live video performances and their like. Even their music videos that they do that are based on a live performance, and you know what I mean. Yeah, like that's where a lot of their views come from on YouTube. Anyway, have you guys, have you guys ever thought about doing that? I know it's a lot of money. It's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, I mean we've uh, we do want to do a live show, and actually I think <clears throat> T Baby he gifted us a video, so uh, we're right. gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do that with him here pretty soon. Probably like at a sister show. Cool. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely do something. It might basically just kind of what Simon Montero did, just live recording of a set and then put it out there on YouTube, whether it's a set or a song, probably just a song. Um, I think personally, I mean, not to, you know, but I think you record a set and maybe if out of like a five song set, you pick your best two. True. Yeah. Your best three and you release it periodically. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I love watching live band 
like videos yeah, you know because then especially when they sound like basically just like the recording but then you see like the actual hype of the, the audience, reaction of it yeah. and it's like even little different than the actual recording mm-hmm. you know with vocals or solos or something like that one of my favorite dude one of my favorite live performances that's been recorded is uh disturbed at red rocks Mm-hmm. Dude, down with the sickness is down with the sickness. It's ridiculous. Even the because you're talking about the changes. Even the guy who's on the drums, he changes. He's a couple more drum fills yep. and there's yeah. more shit that's different. Well, than I was like, oh shit, he's yeah. feeling it. Matt, he, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a there's a handful of like uh, Mac Miller live performances, like f- dating back to like you know the mid 2010s, and then he has a full like Coachella set that he did, and just to like. Like you, you know all the songs, and then to see him perform it live with a live band, and just like see the difference, like you can see the vision of the album as it's played out live. It's just like it's so much more exciting, like as an actual fan. And Anderson Pack does the same thing, like see, like hearing his music, you're like, this is a great fucking song, and then seeing him play it live, drumming, and rapping and singing doing all of it at the highest level and then seeing the band around him doing what they do at the highest level, it just makes it so much more True. exciting. Um, if you're like, if you're an actual fan. And I think subconsciously that's how you build the relationship with your audience, right? It's like, man, I couldn't make it to that slum show, but fuck, they're good. Look yeah. at what they're doing. They're fucking great. Cause your music videos are dope. Don't get me wrong. Right. The music videos are sick, but yeah. like the raw live, like, Seeing you guys do your thing in front of an audience that's that's reciprocating that type of energy to you, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really beat it. Yeah, I think that, and I think that's one thing Bands of Enchantment will help with because it, it was a live performance. It was yeah, the, it, it was, was fucking sick. Fucking deal. Like I was very, again, I I'm, I don't I don't bullshit. I was very privileged, and I knew one of the production assistants that was doing Band of Enchantment. So being my chick, we got side, literally side view seats. To that whole show, yeah, and it was fucking sick. You could smell Nick. Yeah, <laughs> you're in the splash zone. I could, smell <laughs> splash. I could smell that fucking band before you, bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, it was a great, absolute. It was a great view of, of the set, and you and that whole production was awesome. So I yeah. agree. Being when on that a pr- drops, take advantage of if you can get a hold of the people. Yeah, as like, much hey, content we as we the, can squeeze out of that. We week. want the raw MP4 yeah. of that shit. Give. Because mm-hmm. blast that all over your social media. Because that's what I. It's funny you bring that bring that up in this context. Because when I was thinking about that, when the preview started coming out for like the other bands, mm-hmm. you guys were in a couple of it for like a few seconds. Yeah. But when I see the other stuff coming out, I'm like that. What that to a musician is like an up and coming comic going up at like the Laugh Factory. Yeah. Or like an improv where not only are they doing it at a real venue, but you've got the logo behind you. Mm-hmm. Even like Cassava's up in Santa Ana right now, right? Going up there to a real comedy club and you've got the logo behind you, you've got the real backdrop, that's professional. That's something you can send for Just for Laughs. That's something you can send to Don't Tell. Like that's a real comedy set, provided you kill it, right? Provided you do well. Yeah. That's a real bit of footage you can use for marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I'm glad... I'm glad this opportunity for Bands of Enchantment came last year and not two years ago. Mm, yeah, because that's what I feel that. That's it what's happening. Much better. <laughs> that's what's happening a lot in comedy too. That's what I'm. A lot of the older comics that I listen to on their podcast, they talk about it. They like there's so many people blowing up from TikTok 
just because they get they're getting like you know 60 second clips of them doing stand-up well, and they're doing really well and then you post it and it blows up and now they're getting these opportunities because they have all these views and they are not ready like they have not been mm. through the shit they haven't done their ten thousand hours they haven't bombed they have not bombed fucking a hundred times they're mm. just getting these opportunities based off of their clips and they're not fucking ready at all there's one guy that comes to mind and he has a special ad on prime and i need to go watch it i've been meaning to is Trevor Wallace. Oh, Trevor Wallace is the shit, dude. He's hilarious. He's so good. But and he was he was pretty good at Kill Tony. He was pretty good. Who's yeah. Trevor Wallace? He's the he's, he's the, the dude that did all the he, you know the Zoomies video? Yeah, like, okay, good. That's, yeah. like, that's who he's I the YouTube stiff, guy. Stiff socks yeah. and yeah, all guy. that shit, right? Yeah. Guys. He released a I heard it wasn't a full hour. I heard it was like 45 minutes, but it was a special on Amazon. On Prime. It, it yeah, I've seen it. It's, is it good? It's pretty solid. I mean, okay. like and it's he, good to hear. he's I think he's a guy that gets a bad rap, like because of take. I like, mean, he might get a bad. Not, okay, I'll be honest. I think if anyone's giving that dude shit, like real shit, like really, like, that guy's a fucking hack. He's a whatever. Like they don't really know. Just like me, they don't know a lot of what he's doing. Like if you watch his Kill Tony episode, one of the open micers that goes up, he goes, "Is like this like replays in my head like once every couple weeks." One of the open micers goes up and he goes, "Oh, you're the TikTok guy." Yeah, and then he replies with, "Yeah, the TikTok guy that just recorded a, a hour long special at like this like it's a famous theater in Austin." Yeah, right at this famous theater and sold out four shows, and the whole crowd just fucking bah! Yeah. <laughs> just erupts. Yeah, right? he's he's. I think he was like, he's one of those guys that like he has blown up a lot more because of TikTok, but he has all the shit, the to years back to back it up. It up. Yes. Like he's been doing it for like a decade. Well, there's a dude like, uh, his name is Jeff Dye. I've been following him for like two, three years now. Yeah. And uh, his comedy started finally blowing up on Instagram. I'm sure on TikTok too, but mainly on Instagram is where I saw him. And then uh, Rogan talked about him a bit and he just did an episode, I guess, this week. Yeah. So it's cool to see that type of shit happen. Yeah, guys like, well, guys like Trevor Wallace even like matt rife too like people i don't he's not really my favorite but people give him shit they're like oh you're just i love him i love his fucking dude his bit about red flags and then his bit about um he has he's a red flag bit about dudes being friendly to chicks just to fuck them yeah he's not your friend yeah i've seen that that is one of the best and raw like comedy bits about relationships i've ever seen yeah, yeah. but that's what so I, that's what i'm saying is like he's a legitimate comic he's, been, he's been doing, doing it, for it for over a decade oh yeah but people are only seeing him on tiktok so they're like oh he's, he's a just TikTok a tiktok guy blew up well yeah. did you did you know that fucking dane cook mentored him oh really? really yeah so dane cook was talking about it um on burt kreischer's podcast and uh fun fact about dane cook he replies to his dms very nice guy um, I remember I saw that. Yeah, very nice guy. Everyone go D him right now. <laughs> Say slums of Harvard <laughs> or die. But uh, he was talking about it with Burke Kreischer, and uh, he was like, yeah, I met Matt Rife. Like, I think he said like five years of his comedy, and like we built this relationship, this, that, and the other, and all this kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just cool to see that kind of thing still happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, Matt Rife is a good example of a and guy I, that like, he's put in his reps, yeah. but Same just because the TikTok thing... It's like people write him off. Like, yeah. he, he gets a bad rap because he's good looking too, though. Well, yeah, that doesn't help. Well, you know what I love? You know what I love 
is that, yeah, he gets shit for that and whatever, right? People, But the only people who hate on Matt Rife for his looks are ugly people. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. It's only ugly Or just jealous dudes. That are ugly. Yeah. Name one attractive dude that you know that is jealous of other guys. You don't. Dead air. Sorry. <laughs> dude, okay, from like five different accounts, the fucking Sunny episode where they go to the water park and Frank slides down the shit yeah. rock. <laughs> ah, ah, my back. He's got AIDS. Like that has been popping up like crazy. Like that one and then the part where uh, the episode where Frank and D are watching the video of the looting. And D is like, well, what if they have, yeah. or no, Frank is like, well, what if they have bread in those speakers? Yeah. And he's like, what are they saying? What are you saying? What are you saying right now? <laughs> he's all, yeah, because they're looking at the videos and he's all, all right, look at this video. There's a bunch of white people stealing stuff. What are they doing? Oh, well, they're surviving. All right. What about this video where these black people doing? And they're all stealing Oh, they're speakers. looting. <laughs> but how do you know that there's no bread in those speakers? <laughs> what are we saying right now? What are we saying right now? Or the episode where he's singing in like the underpass, where uh, he's, like, all the homeless people are. Yeah, I'm gonna say homie. Yeah, <laughs> and he that trails down that way. <laughs> oh God, I love that episode. Uh, it's a good show. Anyway, anyway. Um, oh, with Matt Rife. Um, I don't know, dude. Like that's a dude that has put in his years in comedy. He's done his thing. He's finally taking off, and then. You know, what I, and and this caught him a lot of shit, but I liked it, where he, because I think his new special, or the recent special on Netflix, yeah. have you guys seen it? I watched it. I don't okay. really remember much of it. I just remember okay. I didn't like it, it that takes, much. Yeah, it takes like 15, 20 minutes to get into it. Mm. Yeah. It takes a minute. But once it takes off, it takes off. And he, it, and he cracks. And it's a full hour. It's really good, in my opinion. But he makes a joke in that special about domestic abuse or domestic violence like he had a waiter with a black eye and he made fun of the chick having a black eye because like she couldn't cook at home it was, it was a good joke and i'm butchering it but it was a good joke people shit on him for it and try to get him canceled yeah so his response to that was if you have an issue with my comedy, fill out this form here. Or oh, something. Yeah. And you click the link and it's a special needs helmet. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. come on, bro. Like that's fucking like, what's hilarious to me is like, I got a bit blasted on new year's Eve and, uh, I was, I was with my chick at her place and she had passed out. Like, like at 12 five dead. Right. So I'm still awake. So I, I started pulling up YouTube and I watched old, I was fucking hammered. And I started watching old, like Andrew Dice Clay and Sam Kennison and Rodney Dangerfield and yeah. watching their old stand up from like the 80s. And it's like, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It is great. Con- but you can't fucking do that shit now. People in the media would lose their minds. Like, uh, like there's a great bit from Dice where he's talking about. Well, Dice Clay is an insane yeah. person. I just saw him on, uh, he's on Chrissy Chaos on Chris Stefano's podcast. Yeah. Dude. He's a fucking, he's a crazy person, and he's so he's fucking a, entertaining. He's a legend. Oh yeah, he's like, he is. He was like one of the original stadium comics. Oh yeah, and he's got a bit about nursery rhymes. Yeah, and he talks about Little Miss Tuffet. He goes, Little Miss Tuffet sat or Little Miss whatever sat her sat on her uh, Tuffet with a bowl of porridge. The spider came down and said, "What's in the bowl, bitch?" <laughs> and the whole crowd in the club just fucking erupts. Dice Clay, he's the guy that that clip from Tosh the 
My client has uh, the right to court a judge a gag. <laughs> yeah. Who's the guy? Who's the guy? You watched the New Year's Kill Tonys? Yeah. Who's the dude? Brian Holzman. Yeah? Brian Holzman. Out-of-pocket old dude yeah. with white yeah. hair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. So, okay. I fucking died at So, set. since you guys love or enjoy comedy, love comedy, I really, really suggest that you spend the 10 bucks, 11 bucks, whatever it is, and you buy... On Amazon Prime, the uh, Comedy Sword documentary, mm-hmm. because they go through the whole shit. Like they start with Steve Martin and Jim Carrey, and um, uh, the late night guy who's got a big beard now. Letterman, Letterman, Letterman. David Letterman doing stand up, and uh, Deal or No Deal. Um, Howie, Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel, him doing stand up, and they go into the Kennison and the Dice Clay years. Mitzi passes away, and and then they talk about the Rogan and him leaving and all that stuff. They they cover all that, and they do a bit about Brian Holtzman, and they do a bit about Dice Clay, dude. Brian Holtzman, he got booed a little bit, and people on Reddit shit on him. I didn't know how ravenous the Kill Tony Rev- uh, Reddit was until uh, like three months ago yeah. or so. It's a bunch of retards. Yeah. I got to be honest. It's yeah, a bunch absolutely. of retards that love shitting on stupid stuff. I will say Rick Diaz won. I'm sorry, but Rick, true. Rick Diaz won. Like that's not even the whole thing. Question. The whole thing about that competition is that it's all the fucking sound of the audience. Well, so no, it's, it's it wasn't. That. It wasn't comedy, dude. Yet. It's not. It's not even that. No, because if you're going off sound of the audience, Rick won. No, but, no, listen to it yes, again. Hans yeah. Juan. Han, no. Hans Juan on the just the the And then if you remember though, Tony had to tell the audience to shut up because they kept cheering for Rick. He let the audience go for Hans. But my point is is that Rick, is that uh Tony Hinchcliffe is a huge pro wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. So of course it's gonna be scripted. Of course and right. and in what in what universe does Hans Kim win? Right? Because Rick is from um Brussels. So he's not going to come in every week to fucking. He would have moved Tony. if he wanted. I, I don't think. But how I, long? I, but how long does a passport take? And then with yeah. customs, like logist, I think. So Rick Diaz is actually a smart dude. He did an interview with David Lucas. Uh-huh. You should. It's like thirty minutes long. You should really look it up because he talks about. It. He's like, yeah, I knew I was going home soon, so I was like, I'm gonna challenge. I'm gonna go for the guy. I'm gonna go yep. for this. They already and before I did that, they gave me four weeks of free kill Tony. So right. I'm going to go for the king, and I'm going to do all this stuff because the worst case scenario, I make my name for myself and whatever, right? He played his cards as well as he yeah. can. But my point is, is like, Rick's not a stupid guy. I'm sure he looked into customs and was like, they're not going to accept stand-up comedy as a legitimate gig to come to America. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to be, no matter how famous Kill Tony is, no matter how big the mothership is, and whatever their, like, employment and like uh hr people at the mothership are like they you know what i mean it's hard to work with stuff like that yeah so he did what exactly he was gonna do and he wasn't gonna win yeah he wasn't gonna fucking win but with holtzman he got booed and it was like half and half on the reception but i agree with you dude he said some out-of-pocket shit but it was fucking it was like, like comedy in my opinion and the ratio changes for people Comedy should be 70% funny, ha-ha, hits my funny bone, and 30% like... Uh, bit of shock. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Shock factor. I don't know if I'm allowed to laugh at that. Should you have said that? Oh, yeah. that's kind of fucked up. But like, why do I enjoy it? And like, why yeah. do I... Because, I mean, you have... I mean, okay, so removing bombing due to inexperience, right? Remove that. Because that, that happens everywhere. I do it at least twice a week, right? It's a <laughs> thing, right? It's a thing. 
But then you have like the experienced comic that will go up and they they say some, they say some out of pocket shit they think is funny, but it's too offensive. Like it's too on the nose. They didn't whether they didn't justify it with the audience or they picked the wrong eyes to do it with and build the relationship. The, pl- a, the plethora of things that that yeah. goes into saying the really fucked up stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That happens. But for the most part, the best comics in the world are going to say things that, especially today, that make you uncomfortable. But a part of you is like, Dave Chappelle's got a point. Yep. Yeah. He's got a point. Brian Holtzman's like, hey, that's really fucked up. But (laughs) I've had that thought like three times a week. That's funny. Yeah. I don't even know if I could repeat anything he said. (laughs) You can't. You can't. But it's fucking hilarious. It's funny. It's good. Like it's like it was so funny. So I went to a great example of this. So I'm working on a Jew bit right now, and I'm gonna do. And I love gonna, that. And I'm gonna do it tomorrow night at the show. And uh, this is gonna come out after the show. And the bit went really well. Um, but <laughs> I, I was, really nailed so it. every so every Sunday there's a writing class at uh, Dry Heat that's led by Steph Darnell. And I and I and so the first half of the Jew bit is good. I've tested it out in front of pretty much every audience in the city for like open mics and it's good. It hits. I'm like, all right, great. I know where to go with that. But my second bit of it, I don't know how to end it yet. And I don't want to give all of it away, but one of the guys in the audience, audience that was in the class um, that Sunday, Robert Eisner, amazing comic, funny guy. I think you guys have seen him once or twice at Red Door. Mm-hmm. Amazing fucking hilarious comic. Basically, all of so me doing the bit, our conversation led to him saying, "Yeah, and but the Jews hate the poor," and the fucking room erupted, <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, what the fuck?" It was hilarious. So I'm sitting there on the stage, I'm sitting on the stool, and I'm writing in my notebook. I fuck, we all died. Like literally, even the liberal people in the crowd are dying laughing at this shit, right? And Steph is in the back, and this conversation had come up beforehand earlier in that class, but I was like. I don't know if I can get away with that, but that's funny. Yeah. And Steph was in the back like, it's funny. And that's my opinion of comedy is like comedy in its purest form is the art of pushing the envelope, saying as much controversial or reality-based things that you can say and getting away with it. Making light of it and getting away with it because the audience agrees with you enough to laugh at it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. the fact that like all that could end with yeah, and the, but the Jews hate the poor, and it's like, bah! it's like okay, in that context, how do we, how do we make that funny? Yeah, we know we can make it funny, but how do we get to that point? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, we, and that's where like that's where the real like professionalism in writing comes in. Is mm-hmm. just like yeah, you can like you can say fucked up shit. It's just like. How well is it? How well written is it? Like, did you put the work in? Yeah. Like to make it funny. And yeah. Because like you're right. Like comedy is like it's made to be over the line. And if you're a good comedian, you'll be able to do that. If you're not, people are gonna boo you. And right. Oh, yeah. you just <laughs> you're gonna look bad. You're gonna look like a and real Nick asshole. And every and every so often, rarely, especially today, rarely, but you'll have the whole Kramer incident at the Laugh Factory. Like you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know which okay, one. Okay, so I forget the guys. It's Michael something. Uh, he played Kramer on um, on Seinfeld, and he was doing the Laugh Factory early 2000s, maybe even late 90s. 
but he has a he's doing his set and there's a couple of black guys in, up top that are heckling him and he breaks out of comedian mode and he breaks out of like his act and it's like personal and he's like you fucking n-word and he throws the n-word like five times Damn. yeah hard and that blackballed him for from media you know what i mean it, it completely disgraced him from media because of like his meltdown yeah saying the n-word mm-hmm. and so like you'll have that sparsely but for the most part it's like oh shit like the whole tony hinchcliffe thing when he got when he almost got canceled in 2021 it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, it was all edited clips. <laughs> it was edited clips and bullshit, but then fucking... Also, it was funny. Well, I, it was funny. Funny. It's funny in context. Yeah. But out of context, I mean, even even like out of context, you you kind of have to go to a stretch to make also, it offensive. how are you going to try to cancel Tony? Every single episode, he says something cancelable. Right. Oh, so. yeah, well, especially now. <laughs> yeah. But like, and then props to Ari Shafir. Like, if you look at... Tony's full set from when he got canceled, quote unquote. Um, his full set on Ari's YouTube page is titled "What the Media Doesn't Show You." Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. Like mm. I don't know. Like I think again, I think comedy is the art of getting away with it, and that's a lot of why I love it so much. Is because I'm I consider myself very blessed that people that I look up to in stand-up in this community, they say that my stage presence is okay, but my but my writing sucks. I'll take that. Yeah. Because I would rather have my stage presence be good and my writing suck than my writing be good and my delivery sucks. Yeah. yeah. Delivery takes years. That's your personality. That's like your, your aura when you walk up, right? Because you can detect. Your likability, yeah. Like, you guys watch enough comedy, you could tell, especially off Kill Tony shit, you could tell the minute they walk onto that stage, are you going to be funny or not? Right, yeah. With rare exception. But if I can harness what I've already got, I, my writing is going to get there. Yeah. Like, like, part of the reason why I was late coming out, like, in the shower tonight, I was, I, I had a, something coming. Don't tell, don't. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want to hear any more. That part, though. We don't want to hear any more of your shower chronicles. Man. I slipped a finger in him. <laughs> no, I, I had a thought come to me, and I was like, "Oh, that could be funny," and that just that could help justify a, a punchline that's really offensive, but a punchline I'm trying to get to. So I like I stood. I, I'm a dork that fucking listens to music while I'm in the shower with my phone. So I came out, and I'm dripping fucking wet, but I'm typing into my notes. Like what that could be, yeah. So I could write it later on before you lose the thought. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I do that exactly. with lyrics yeah. all the time. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. The shower. The shower has. There's something magical about it. Shower thoughts and shitting thoughts. That is where I come up with a lot of yep. the com- <laughs> a lot of the comedy. Yeah, showers uh, are magical. Yeah. If you do them right, we got to get in there. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> I was. We were talking. Me and my friends were talking about this this weekend. What if we had a shower mirror? But Never. on the floor. Why? So you could see and you could really get in there. Dude, that is... Okay, that's the same reason why I will never let a chick eat my ass, bro. Like That's I what I'm saying. I don't if you had the shower down. mirror, I don't wanna... you could be comfortable. No, I don't want to look down there. I mean, that's what I'm have saying. have somebody else look down there. That's what I'm saying. You don't want to look down there, but then maybe why... you should. Yeah, I don't think you should. I think there are things on this earth you shouldn't look at. 
And um, for a man, like it's porn. his own asshole. <laughs> yeah, for dudes, it's our own ass crack. I, it dude, is scary. I'm, I'm Mexican scary. as fuck, bro. Like, I'm a hairy boy. And uh, I... Flip I'm, it. I'm... <laughs> Just that. I'm a hairy boy. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Bro, have you seen yes. Adam Ray's yes. Dr. Phil yes. shit? Yes. yes. Holy I've guest of the year, yet, dog. I've yet to watch the new one with Whitney Cummings and Nikki Glaser, I've only, but his I've, shit in general is so good. Dude, so I've good. only seen the the Santino Bobby Lee it's episode. Good. It's good. And then he came on there. Uh, he's been on people's on podcast, podcast as, as Dr. Dr. Phil. Holy fucking shit. I've never even seen an episode of Dr. Phil, but I know... He's nailing it to yeah. a whole nother well, what's level. What's awesome, at least for me, about Adam Ray is that he's a funny comic already. Yeah. But he's a good guy. Like he gives off that like again, your energy, your aura. Like he's a good guy. Like, yeah. He'll, he'll go on and kill Tony and he bought some random dude a hotel room for three nights. Or he'll like do this, that, and he'll put people on his show and he'll like yeah. off of Kill Tony. And like he's he's a comic that I think he knows how famous he is and before the Dr. Phil stuff. He knew how famous he was. He knew how talented he was, and he wants to give back. Yeah, like I out of he's in my top five of like comics I want to meet. Like that dude, crazy. And I think might be wishful thinking, but I think that is a comic the Casadas could book. I really think they could book that dude. You know, True. like if they if he's got a crazy touring schedule out for the rest of the year. But I think in 2025, they could potentially get that guy. You see, they're trying to get him and Dr. Phil on the Kill Tony episode. Yeah. That yeah. would be fucking awesome. That'd be yeah. hilarious, he, dude. He said it takes like several hours to get into the, the makeup. makeup? Oh, shit. I'm sure. Yeah. Because he's got a full head of hair. Yeah. That guy. Like, he's got hair like I do. Like, yeah. He's got the full fucking lock going. Oh, yeah. But he's, yeah, those live shows, just the one that I've seen was one of the funniest things I've seen. I've seen a so couple long. of the ones he's done at the comedy store, and they're fucking hilarious. It's so good. And, then and he, Dr. Phil's cool about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Well, he does other ones, too. He, he has he has a character that he does. Um, I think he only did one hour, hour and 20-minute thing. Um, it's on YouTube through the comedy store, but it's like a super ugly guy mm-hmm. and it's fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. He's just a funny character actor. Like he was even good. Did you guys see Barbie? Yeah. He yeah. has a small part in Barbie as a cop and he's fucking hilarious. It's ridiculous. Which one? Do you remember when, uh, it's, I forget who gets like locked up, but Barbie, your kid get locked up. Yeah. And one of the cops that approaches them is Adam Ray. Oh, okay. I did, I didn't know about Adam Ray till killed oh, till okay. he was on his Doctor okay. Phil shit. Yeah. So yeah, ooh, write that down. Funny motherfucker. On my Doctor Phil shit. On oh, my Doctor Phil shit. Call me Adam Ray. <laughs> yeah. Bars. 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 <laughs> could be. If there was one comic that you guys could see in an intimate setting, let's say two hundred people or less, who would it be? Mine's Gillies. I love Ned Gillies. Loves dog. Gillies. I. Also love Gillies. I also love Theo, but Gillies is number one for me. All right, so Shane Gillis. Mm, at right now, either DeStefano or Stavi. Mm. Chappelle's up there too. Yeah, I was gonna say Chappelle. Have you have you seen Stavros? Yeah, he's funny. So good. He's that, my he's my favorite comic right that, now. That that special he put out on Netflix was good. Yeah, yeah. Even his YouTube one is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yep, it is. Yeah, dude, the YouTube specials are fucking great. Some of them, no, most of them. Yeah, most of them that I've seen. Like, there's one guy. I'll say if you remember me or remind me after this episode, I'll send you one. This like unknown dude. He's got like three thousand followers on Instagram. 
uh, he's got fucking big red hair, big old beard. But a Springer has sent me a clip of his, and I've looked at the special like forty five minutes. Killer. Yeah. Killer fucking dude. I forget his. I forget his name. Yeah. But um, a lot like the idea of releasing your hour long special on YouTube for your own growth. I think that's the, one of the best things to happen in comedy right now. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It's fucking awesome. I mean, how many people have like gotten a special because they released their YouTube and saw that it was successful? They're like, oh, okay. So many. I guess we'll put you on then. <laughs> well, because you bring up Shane Gillis, and it's like, dude, could you imagine how much worse his career would have been if he went to SNL? Uh, yeah. I mean, he still would obviously would have been funny. I think he would have quit SNL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's the opposite of all those like, people. Have you seen his Gillian Keeves <laughs> yes. skits? Yes, the dude. The OnlyFans dad is... Have you that seen one? that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's on the Sibian. He's <laughs> like, wait! wait uh, $10! His fucking... His, his guy, Fietti, is... Yeah, so, that where he's got PTSD. Yeah. Like, whoa! Whoa, dudes! That was crazy! <laughs> or the, the Toyota Isis. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you seen that uh it's like a little it's almost like the office but it's called tires and it's on youtube it's like one episode but it's like shane gillis it's like the same kind of uh same kind of like gillian keeves cast but it's like filmed like the office i don't think i have oh you gotta watch it it's funny dude it's called tires yeah it's only it's only one episode but i wish they would make a full season of it because it's it's filmed just like the office but it's it's with like that uh key and uh uh, Gillian Keeves kind of like comedy. Let's see. Yeah. I'm so, it's such a shame that fucking the Kiva is, is that top one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to watch that one. It's so funny. It's such a shame that the fucking Kiva is gouging for fucking $30 worth of fees. So we can't fucking go see Norman. Dude, okay, so I don't think that's the Kiva, dude. I that's oh yeah, that's, that's the, the that's ticket, ticket company. That's Ticketmaster. But it's just like because we fucking... were talking about that for a bit. Yeah, we... and we even I even checked on the day that they dropped, and it was like tickets are fifty five dollars. Like, did he already come through? No, he comes in March, I think. Okay, but it's just like a fifty five dollar ticket turned into like an eighty dollar ticket. Well, my thing, my thing with that is with both Mark Norman and Anthony Jeselnik, dude. It's like I have a bit I have a bad debt issue. I need to get that under control. But yeah. like I would love to see Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah. But I tried looking at his tickets and dude, it's the decent seats come out to like 170, that's, 150. That's absurd. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, that's that's like Burt Kreischer's coming here too. I'm not going to go see Burt Kreischer. I don't think he, I you don't like Kreischer? Not really. What? Not recently. Uh, I gotta I, be honest. Not, not dude. I tried watching his Netflix special. I couldn't get through fit, like five, ten minutes of it. Oh, I love, I love Burt Kreischer. I think I just couldn't. like, just like the part, the party guy in me loves his energy. Like, and just like, I think he's an actual good comic. But I think Segura's coming. Fucking, uh, there's like so many people. Yeah, coming Segura's the, coming back. Yeah, yeah. So many people coming to. Uh, Albuquerque, and all the tickets are fucked. Like well, Norman's probably the cheapest one. Yeah, because he's like the most. Well, here's my thing. Here's he walked out at the worst time. Okay, so here's <laughs> here's what I love about the big acts coming to Albuquerque. Albuquerque is finally. I know. I know. I've been saying I'm gonna leave to Austin next year. Probably not gonna happen. Yeah, and the reason for that. Is because I would have loved, like, I'd love to say, like, yeah, I'd love to go to Austin next year and I'll do all these things. Okay. But 
Albuquerque is slowly becoming a comedy city. Yeah, they're finally investing in comedy. And, and what's nice, and it's no coincidence that it was Dry Heat, and then a year later, Cassava's, and then months later, it's Kevin Hart, sellout. Trevor Noah, sellout. Burt Kreischer, sold out three shows. Yeah. Right? It's no fucking coincidence. Tom Segura's going to sell out by the time the show starts. It, it's it's it, same thing, Anthony Justinick. Same thing, right? Yeah. But my whole thing is that now that we have Quesadas and they're bringing in real acts, like they had Eric Griffin, Shane Torres, Ali Makovsky's coming, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to go see her. Uh, A. Marie, who's been putting me on her shows, um, she's featuring for Annie Litterman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, these getting- big, so these big acts in comedy are coming, so it's going to keep justifying... But the issue, though, with these other acts that are coming, like like the Normans and the Kreischers and Segura and Jesselnik, is that they keep going through Ticketmaster. And frankly, I don't think it's their fault. It's their management. Yeah. And so, yeah, dude, they're going to sell out because you're still going to have people from High Desert and Tanawan and Rio Rancho. They're going to go out and they're going to spend those tickets or the irresponsible people in our age. They're going to go spend fucking a buck, a buck 20, buck 50 to go see these comics. Mm-hmm. They're going to go do that. But a lot of people like us, we can't justify it. Yeah. But what we will do, excuse me, what we will do, because of how Albuquerque operates, we're going to go spend, because Casadas, from what I've heard, it's a legit club. Yeah. That, it's that. it's you show up, two drink minimum, no heckling, no cell phones. It's a legit fucking club, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, I, I might not be able to see these big guys, but I love comedy. You see I, the big I, club acts. I know who Annie Letterman is. Yeah. She's a killer. Shane Torres, killer. I'm going to go see these people at Casala's, pay $25, $35, and two drinks. Fuck it. I'll get two liquid deaths. Whatever. Right? They'll go do that. Or you can go to Dry Heat. Right? You can go to Dry Heat and fucking see the local shows like Zach Abeda and Friends. Killers every time, bro. Yeah. Like, I went to go see Zach Abeda and Friends the last time that he did his show two Fridays ago, I think. And what was sick about that, because Dry Heat's building their name, they had this Asian dude come on and do like a 15-minute set. He was coming through with Comic-Con, and he does like nine of the American voices for Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And he also happens to do stand-up. Yep. And it was fucking killer. Killer show. So what happens is word of mouth spreads about Dry Heat. Word of mouth spreads about all that kind of local stuff. So it's like, okay... If I don't want to go to Casabas and pay, let's say I'm one person, I pay twenty five dollars, twenty five more, twenty so fifty dollars total that night for drinks and a ticket. I don't want to pay that much. If I want to pay fifteen twenty bucks for dry heat, all right, whatever. I can still so see still go see good comedy. Yeah. yeah. All right, fine, whatever. I don't know. I, comedy's continuing to grow in the city. Dude. I was going to say, uh, I don't know if it's with every comedian, but some of them, what they're doing now to avoid that Ticketmaster like boost or whatever, they'll sell their tickets on their Patreon page mm. at a discounted rate, and that way you don't have to deal with like scalpers and deal with like the resale kind of value. I did, so I didn't know that, but I know the mothership, they don't accept third-party tickets. They did it the right way, and Rogan also has that fuck you money. Mm-hmm. They did it the right way, and they're like, you can only buy legitimate tickets. They, they only accept tickets to the mothership from their website. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, and uh, that's the way to do it. Right. Like, if you have the money to do it, that's the way to do it. Like, Casadas, I don't know if they can do that, but 
That I mean, that's the fucking way to do it, man. I mean, I think now more than ever, and more now more than ever, with the way that social media has progressed negatively, the more authentic that you can be with your audience, right? And the more that you can be like, hey, listen. You know, I'm a great comic, but but I know I have a small following, the medium following. Here's my special for free on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Here's my whatever, right? If you can re- if you can release your tickets at a low rate for people, to, and they don't have to like, because I remember, because so, you had texted me when the Mark Norman tickets went live with the presale code. Yeah. I tried to get the three of us tickets. Just to fucking go see, and they were like medium seats. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Not the front row, but not in the nosebleeds of Kiev or whatever. It was just like medium seats. I think all together for the three of us, it would have been close to three hundred dollars. Yeah, and yeah. it's like I don't know if I can justify that, dude. Oh no, for one for one night, absolutely not. Like that's ridiculous. Like I get that there's an opener, and there well there might might be an opener. And there should be a feature before Mark. Yeah. I, 45 minutes of his comedy, I don't know if that's worth it. For sure. And well, that's the hard thing about Albuquerque is no one comes through. So if it's a big name, it's going to be fucking high prices. Yeah. 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 It's even like... Well, I don't know if I agree with that just because the prices were set pretty cheap, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, it was like 45 50 like we, bucks. Like, cause we, we were talking about that when we went to the restroom. Like, oh, okay. There was like $45, $50 tickets... But after fees, each ticket was like ninety bucks. Oh shit! It was fucking stupid. But like, yeah, yeah I was Rebel, putting on my hands when you guys were talking. But then, about for that. instance, uh, Trip, uh, another great comic, Trip Stilnecki, he was supposed to open for Mark Marin when he came through. Yeah. Sit. Don't quote me on this, but to my knowledge, like sixteen hours, twelve hours before the show, he got fucking uh, he got booted off. Damn. Yeah. So that show only had a feature and then Mark Maron. Damn. I'm not taking away from Mark Maron, but it's like, okay, was that due to ticket prices? Because Mark Maron, he's famously a club guy. Famously. So it's like, I hate to think that he was jipping out on the on like the, the stage time thing, right? So yeah. I'd imagine that was like, oh, we're not making enough money to justify our food, hotels, travel, Everything that got us out here, right. right? Per our accountants, our local guys got to eat shit. Sorry, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's the What's the club that recently gave uh, locals like an opening spot? You talked about on a podcast. Yeah, Casabas. Oh, that okay. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. So Casabas, I didn't know that. And if you want a really good insight onto the negatives of Casabas, go check out uh, the BS show with Buck D. In six, they did an episode, I think it was last week. So by the time this comes out, so two weeks ago. And the I'm not going to go over it just because Buck went over it pretty well. Robert Gibson, he went over it pretty well. And then Buck is coming on the podcast with six here in two weeks. And we're going to go over it in detail. Okay. The long story short of it was no comedian got any of their footage that they were promised because they had before the club opened, they had their tryouts for the club to be an opener, a feature, potentially headliner. So it was tryouts on December like third and fourth, 
fourth and fifth around there, and then it was um, deciding time between then. But in that like deciding time, it was like okay, well, certain comedians that are local, like Zach Abeda, Anthony A, they didn't have to try out, which you can argue plus or minus on that. And then it was all the comedians that tried out. They didn't get any of the footage that they were promised. And then, which is big, like we were saying a little bit earlier, it's big to have as a comedian to have that footage of a logo behind you. Mm -hmm. You're at a real club. Like that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Then it was most of the comics that signed up for the shit didn't get booked. Mm. And Robert, somebody that I trust when it comes to like local comedy and everybody brought their fucking brought their a game right not a lot of people got booked and there were some repercussions after he did the podcast talking shit about because other people got removed some people got booked more and wow. it was very strange it's very strange you should go watch it's very very strange what happened but i didn't know that like like credit to kisavas according to josh it's hey if you're a out out of state act coming through you need to allow one local comic Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be. Quite frankly, I think that should be a general rule. Do another ice cube? Yeah. Um, I think it's. A, okay. I am anemic, so a part of it is water. <laughs> so you might want to pour that. You might want to pour that in first because it's water. The water? No, because there's water in that. Uh, no, on the this cube, mm-hmm. it's yeah. been melting. So there's you might want to pour the water first so it doesn't get all over the studio. Ah. Yeah. I thought you meant don't put the water in there. At there all. you go. Um. Yeah, well, but that, but it's my point is is like that should be a thing for clubs anyway. Like support your best of the local comedians so they can get attached. Because again, just like we were saying for you guys, that's like, what we're I, saying about the I, music. I, scene. I went and did yeah. Band of Enchantment. I went and did this and that. I opened for Shane Torres. I opened for fucking Tom Segura. I opened for Mark Marin. Yeah, like that's a credit for sure. And that's what we're trying to get like with Sunshine and El Ray or Revel or something is like we just need the pe- like we just need the people in the building like we have the product yeah. we have the show to entertain like put us in front of like any crowd that's ready to hear some fucking rock and music and we're going to we're going to put on a show these are my drunk glasses <laughs> he's turned into nick these are my big daddy glasses no one can see me <laughs> so julian <laughs> julian <laughs> julian <laughs> here i am so but is, a lot of is well, there a plan to get into those bigger venues? Like realistically speaking, is so so you listen right to now? that five of five yeah. podcast, right? Yeah. So, so I I would think that that would be something cool at Rebel. I don't know how realistic that would be, but like if Rebel could reserve us that spot, okay. Right so are, we, are done, we talking the piano bar or like the big? Venue? No, the big the, venue, the, the big, big venue. venue. Yeah, okay, good. reserve good. a spot for a band that's proven themselves to you know that they're actually good can bring. It doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously, it does matter if you can bring people, but you're not going to bring more people than would have already been there yeah. you know, to Rebel. Um, it depends on the group, but yeah, I but see I, what you're saying. Yeah, but for a big national touring act, there's already going to be thousands of people there. Yeah. And so I'm saying if you could reserve a spot before the opener, like right after they're done sound checking, let that local band go. That way, you know, the sound's already done. They don't have to mess with any of that. And they have a little bit of that pre-crowd that kind of, they might see that band and they might have normally never seen them because they would never go to that kind of show. So if you could reserve that kind of spot just to give a little bit of, uh, you know, publicity 
to someone who never would have gotten it. You know, I I don't know how realistic that would be, but yeah, be well, pretty sweet. Well, we've had local acts open for big acts like uh, Vibe Strong is open at Sunshine a bunch of times because they they're a reggae band and they they book big reggae bands at Sunshine. So w- so these... can we kind of dig into that a little bit? Okay, so, so is there any possibility? It's the good old boy system where it's like, I knew this person, so they got me into here. Because that's a real thing. Yeah. And it's not a knock, right? It's not a negative, but it's a real thing. Like, for instance, people were shocked. Shocked. Texting me, fucking calling me. Like, how the fuck did you get on the news? Yeah. And I was yeah. and I was honest. I was like, yeah, I knew the person that did the booking, and I asked. Yeah. And how I, was and, that but, for you? But like you? But like you guys were saying, I had the product to back it up. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had the product to back it up, and they happened to say yes. Mm-hmm. And has that helped you a lot? Real shit? Not really. Yeah. yeah. It was a cool flex. Yeah. And so, like, what I was saying for you guys this past year is a lot of checking. It's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here to stay. I've got a good product. Deal with it. Yeah. We are the so, sons of Harvard. I am this, and it's good. I'll be honest, dude. Like, I didn't think it was going to happen. Like, literally up until I sat down with the guy. <laughs> because, well, look at the fucking logo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and and those and those cheeky bastards, they actually put the logo on the news. Yeah. I was like, no shit. Either you guys don't give a fuck and really like fuck with what I'm doing, or you did no, literally like head in the ground, no research. Yeah. Because I was, I thought for sure, and and this is not a knock, and this is absolutely like so many thank yous to uh, Danny's chick and um. Everybody over at KRQE and that whole team, like, thank you for having me on. But I thought for sure, because it was like, you guys have done it, the whole application and like the images you send. Yeah. Like, I thought for sure the moment they saw my logo, they're like, yeah, yeah never can't. mind. You know, I, but they were like, come on. And I was like, appreciate but you. But I mean, besides the logo, yeah. there's nothing really that's bad at all about the podcast. In fact, your podcast, and I'm, I have I don't really listen to a whole lot of other local ones, so I can't speak for them as much. But you do a very good job of covering the local scene. I try, man. Because well, like you know, well, it's it's a it's a mixture of it's what I care about and it's right in front of me. But it's also like it became very clear early on that like oh, if I want to grow in this city, I have to hit local stuff. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay, who's cool here? And you guys were top of the fucking list. Because of Nick. Yeah. Like, real shit. It was Nick and Garrett. Like, that was the top of my fucking list. Um, but it didn't do a lot for, like, views or anything like that. It was more of, like, a check. Like, the way... Yeah, it was just, like, a resume. Y- yeah. Thing. Like, the way that I saw it was, like, a pat on the back from God. Like, okay, you're doing the right thing. You you are marketable. You are, like, you're on the right path. Yeah. You keep doing it. That type mm. of shit. Um, but anyway, with you guys going to places like Revel, Sunshine, El Rey... Is that kind of on the radar for this year? Because that's, that's that's the goal. That's it's been more, on the radar. But well, I know it's been on the radar, <laughs> but like let's say the more realistic radar. That's what I want to see from you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the because I don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You guys are amazing with a fifty to 80, 150 person crowd. You yeah. guys are awesome, but you guys have the ability. You've got no, especially you. To be honest. To be you, you, you've gotten over the stage fright. You've mm-hmm. gotten over the like stage presence. Like, how do I interact? How Clearly. do I, how do I talk to the crowd? <laughs> how do I, you know, how do I like keep the energy high? Like, yeah. you've gotten over that, in my opinion. Like, you've you've done very well over the last year and a half. So it's like, okay, 
like you're just saying, you have the ability, you have the skills. How do we take that to like a crowd that needs to see us? Mm-hmm. It's it's really just about like it's about the perfect show. Because a lot of times these bigger acts are coming through. They already have an opener or two openers on tour with them. So they're not going to... Which is crazy, by the way. Which also kind of kind of legitimizes the necessity for uh, like Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Because they got to foot the bill for a little bit of that. Yeah. Well, Because I, I think about that, again, in like... In like a co- like as a low cost version of it in the comedy realm, it's like if you're a headliner and you got a feature with you, you can't take that feature if you're like a medium to like lower high level comic. How much money is that for now? Two hotels, double the meals, double the X, Y, and Z, yeah, airfare, whatever, around ten different cities, rather than just picking up what they have locally. But that's where I have to think that like Live Nation and Ticketmaster come in and pump some of the money into the expenses so that the headliners can bring a feature. They can bring an opener or whatever yeah. it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like even like Cy Montero played at Sunshine for Lovely the Band like last oh, year. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, um, I saw that. And then Vibe Strong has played like three or four times just because reggae bands will come through and they don't have an opener. Um, and then the, the shows that are coming through that don't have an opener, a lot of them are being put on by third-party promoters. So it's not a, like we have the connection with Barney. We'll be like, we'll see a show and we'll be like, looks like they have an open spot. <laughs> Can we hop on that? And yeah. s- s- like half the time he's like, oh, it's it's not being put on. Like it's not Sunshine or it's not us that's running it. It's a third party promoter. So you have to go right. to them. And then you go to them and they're like, well, we don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, fuck off. Last year, last year, uh, that uh, face down apparatus. What is it? Red jumpsuit. Red apparatus? jumpsuit apparatus. Yeah. Red yeah. jumpsuit apparatus. Uh, they have the face down song. <laughs> yes. uh, anyways, like that would be a perfect show for us. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And nope. they had an opening spot. And we asked, and then they had a third party who booked another local act who we've who? Never, never heard, heard of. of. Who? I, we don't even know. Like we looked at their Instagram. We're like, who, who was the, it? Who are these people? What is the band? That's we have no band. idea. I literally could not tell you. But like you know, I like, gotta know. I mean, I saw sh- that. I saw that advertisement outside of Launchpad, and like, you know, they put the fucking posters up in the bathroom and shit. So I saw that. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. So it's a just a local like, band. Mm-hmm. You're positive they're local. Yeah. Yeah. They only had like 400 followers on Instagram. Mm. So it's just like, it's, it's really. I mean, obviously they they had to have known somebody. Yeah, it's got to be the good old boy system. Which, again, I'm not knocking. I'm not. I love you guys, but I'm not knocking it. But, you know, it is yeah. what it is. Like, I, that's a bit of the game. Yeah. So hopefully this year, like, with Bands of Enchantment, with the best of the city, with all of these, like, things that we did last year, now we can be like, no. If there's a big spot to fill on a big show, we're the guys. Like, if it if we if it's a similar vibe to our kind of music like pop punk or like rock or something like we're the best of the city we sh- like should probably get that gig somebody should be hitting us up well and that's the thing too is like is there no follow through with like hey we won best of the city I can't find it where does that take us yeah is not, there no follow through with that not really it's just like we got the award it's, it's yeah. on your shoulder to carry that forward yeah that's I mean, I see, I see the necessity of the recipient to carry that, 
But then also, you would think if you have the gumption to give an award like that, you should have the connections to back up why it's valuable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, receiving this award, like if, if I gave the only king's best of the city goes to the slums of Harvard, best band of 2023. Okay, awesome. Great award. What does that mean? Yeah. What yeah. do I get from that? Who can I connect you to? Where does my validity, where does my voice carry you to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's hard to like be like, oh yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's what I'm like it's hard. Like yeah. we're gonna guarantee you a concert at this venue because you won the best right. band in the city or whatever. And I feel like that's hard to do because again, you don't know what genre of band you are. Like well, you're not gonna you're not gonna, you're not gonna guarantee a headlining spot for I, them. I disagree on how hard that could be because like the the best of the city was held at revel right yeah yeah so the they release have to, party okay so they have to know the people yeah they have to know what's booking mm -hmm. if they're choosing the best of the city i think it is in your best interest if you're giving an award regardless if you're doing only audience voter based only whatever judges based with audience input whatever you're doing if you are choosing between four to five bands, you should probably listen to the music of every band that's nominated. Right. Yeah. That would be in, in your best interest. So then if you're like, oh, I'm working with Revel, I'm working with Isleta, I'm working with Sunshine, El Ray, whatever. Hey, we're going to come to an agreement before we go to these bands with a fucking award. Hey, whoever wins... Dude, throw them a feature. Throw them an opener. Just give it to them. Figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Or and they like, can, and, and because that that only benefits the legitimacy of the award. Right. Because I could I could go to a fucking trophy store and pay fifty dollars yeah. <laughs> to give you guys an award. True. Come on now. True. Yeah. I can and, give you guys the only King's Award for biggest dicks in the city. That don't mean it's true. That sounds, uh, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> I'll still take it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll dicks. <laughs> You've got the capacity. But, <laughs> I have one cavity, a lot of capacity. <laughs> but you get my point, right? Like, it, oh, an award doesn't mean shit. It's what's behind it. Yeah. And what do you, and even if it is just bragging rights or if it is just like legit legitimacy, well, what are you legitimizing? What are you bragging about? And to be completely honest, to be transparent here, I got very excited when I heard that New Mexico Entertains or New Mexico Entertainment, whatever it was, this year they added a best podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And they added a best podcast host. Yeah. What would that look like for podcasts, do you think? I don't fucking know. Yeah. We, I lo we lost that award last year. Well, I don't know what that means. Well, first of all, I don't know what it means because you guys went to it last year. Yeah. And you saw it happen. And I know the Mangoes won something of it last year. Yeah. G give me an overview with as much detail as you want to go into. Give me an overview of that award ceremony. What was it like? What was the production value? What was the... What was, did that look like? It was not... I mean, it was like as nice as it probably could be for Albuquerque. Like, as they made it as realistic as it as those award shows are. Yeah. They know? had like a host. Uh, Bad host. No yeah, kidding. Pretty cringy. <laughs> Semi-cringy host. Um, and then they had people from different, you know... Uh, different places like different uh like different comedians awarding the best comedian or 
you know, uh, Barney and Amanda were given the award for best alternative band, which we lost. Um, Who'd you lose to? They're these these new kids on the block. Uh, Thursday marks fall, and they're Who? they're actually they're doing pretty well. For they're themselves. very young. They're like Whom? 16, 17. Yeah, they're. But they're, we, I mean, they could be good. They're pretty solid. Like for for like some like you know younger kids. Well, no, maybe they, when they're adults, they will earn a spot on the podcast. Yeah, but, uh, but even drink. Yeah, but so and it was Barney and Amanda from Red Light Cameras like giving out the award. Yeah, and even they like in the moment you could see on their faces like this envelope doesn't say Slums of Harvard. What the fuck? Mm. Like they, dude. Okay, I, like, to be honest. That envelope didn't say red light cameras. Yeah, that too. True. Let's be real. No, so, let's be real, man. True. Like, like, and you've admitted it yourself that Amanda's a better front. Person. And that that makes the that you know makes I mean? the award less valuable cause because it's, it's like, like you didn't do was, any research. What was the criteria based on? We don't know. Okay, so, so okay, what you just said didn't do any research. One of the biggest critics of New Mexico entertains right now is Buck D. Robert Gibson, and yeah. because and that and he's a big critic of entertainment awards in in albuquerque in general because the people that choose the awards don't know the scene oh yeah and and that's why my question comes up because i take his word valuably and so i look at this like well because a part of me i'll be honest i'll be completely honest about this a part of me looks at that new mexico entertainment like i would love to win best podcast right i would love to win best podcast host to and win an award just feels good. In I general. would love to win. Well, not even that. I would love to win it based on the community. Yeah. That like I because look, man, like I'm not the richest dude around. I don't have. I don't have like the. I I just thank God for this fucking. I'm glad that I have what I have. The lights and the cameras and the and the mics and shit. Like I'm very thankful. Don't get me wrong. But I don't. I'm building this room up into a professional setting. Right? Yeah. I I think personally. And especially you, you've seen all of my sets except for one of them. You you were never in the garage. You've watched him have sex. Yeah, but <laughs> I've seen I've seen him go from the couch <laughs> to the full production browser set. You've seen all of my production sets. Yeah, I think this is the best one. Yeah, feels Personal. great in here. I think this is the best one. I also know what type of interviews that I've brought this city. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think I think I'm at the top. Yeah, I gotta be honest, and you have to, but otherwise I, you ain't gonna be right. Exactly, but then a part of me is like, but then who's choosing, and is it does it line up with my values? Do I want to be chosen by them? And are they DEI dog? <laughs> <laughs> are they DEI? Are they DEI NPCs? Nevin loves trannies. That's why he's been single for so long. He wants a tranny, a good, well, uh, robust, well hung, <laughs> a clit the size of your thumb. You know, he just—that's what he wants. <laughs> Don't be afraid to laugh, Leroy. It's okay. Don't be afraid to laugh. I just had a, there was just a lot of a lot of letters being thrown around. <laughs> We're having homie time. It's I had okay. To, I had to process all that letters. <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. Like, my point of bringing this up is, like, I would love to advertise that, but then I see all the criticism around it, and it's like, well, is it worth the award? But then they, and but then I hear stories. What you just said, like, like you guys showed up, the mango showed up, the red light cameras showed up. They, the fact that you guys took, because I hold you guys in great respect, the fact that you guys took time out of your schedule to go to that award show, in general, yeah, 
maybe I should try to win that. But then it's like I've heard other things, and it's like, Ey. yeah, I mean, we yeah, we've heard some some I, other things. I think so the that, longer it goes on, the better it's gonna be because we're still so. very young in I this. I hope so. Hopefully, they're taking some like I hope criticism so. and like growing from it. Yeah, I think there were a lot of discrepancies on who won and who didn't win. So, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of like, really, yeah, like them or. That person? Well, or? in all fairness, like, Thursday marks fall? Yeah. Where have they played? How well, many? They, they're they still young that How, they can't okay, really who play anywhere. F- okay. So that, are they the best? No, you're right. You're right. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, is it, uh, how, where have they played? How many singles? How many followers? How much engagement? Like, if we really right. want to nitpick about it. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, like if I was, like if I was hosting an award show, and it was for the best, you know, blank of New Mexico, and if it was music, comedy, whatever, something that could be quantifiable, I'm sorry, but to apply for the award, and granted, this would take a lot of a lot of legitimacy, and a lot of like, like uh, reputation behind the award coming. I would ask for like, what do your stats look like? What is your engagement on social for media? Sure, what that, are your streams? There's got to like? be categories. That, like, um, how many? How? What do your shows look like? That's like, that's one thing that's that's frustrating too with with booking out of state and then with out of state bands coming in, is like you have an out of state band coming in and hit, hitting us up to headline their show so they can scoop some of our fans on the way through. Right. And we looked them up. They're on like a 10 city tour and they've got less followers than us by a mile and they're in a bigger city. Okay, so here's my question. Thank you for bringing that up because I heard that on your pod with Pierce. Yeah. So I understand how in the immediate that would look like they're scalping our fans. But because they go back to where they're at and they book shows... Would it not be in your best interest to go ahead and let them be on your show so that in the future you, you know that's get the on whole one point. of theirs? Yeah, that's yeah. What no, we've... no, but the, but that okay, but could that be a thing? And if not, why isn't it? A thing? That's what it's, that's it's what we tried. It's it if if the band is because every every band is trying to do that, right? So okay, so let me rephrase that. Let me, let me rephrase that. So let's say we have somebody come through. They're, they have the they have the opportunity to stop through New Mexico, and it's like, hey, Slums of Harvard, we could stop through. Could we open for you guys? Could we whatever? Yeah, right. Do you guys in that process of saying yes or no? Do you ask like, hey, where have you guys been opening or featuring, and is there a potential for us to open or feature for one of your bids? Yeah, that's yeah, re- that's real. the whole reason. Yeah, to that's the whole goal. Yes. No, but do you ask them that? Like that actual band? Do you? Yeah, we've, them. yeah, we've done it a couple times. Okay, like good. even at the show, like okay, they'll meet us and they'll see us and be like, "Okay, you good. guys are fucking dope." And I'm, we'll I'm talk- not trying to call you nutless or anything. No, no, no. I, I want to make sure you guys are doing your due diligence. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know? So like at the show, like uh, there's a band from Denver that we that we played for last year, and the only reason we said yes, it was like a Wednesday night at some like venue we've never even heard of here, um, and we said yes because we're like, "Oh, these guys look pretty legit." And they're from Denver, and they're on like a ten city tour. So at the venue, they saw us, and they were like, "You guys are fucking awesome." And we're like, 
Thank you. You guys were cool too. Who was it? They're called Suitable Miss. Suitable Miss. Yeah, they're okay. like a pop punk band, and they uh, and so the like we were like, yeah, it'd be great. And they're like, Denver would love you guys. Like, you have to get out to Denver. And we're like, could you help us? And they're like, yeah, for sure. And I hit them up several times. Nothing. Like, they just like never found the time. And so I so, think part of the reason is because we are in Albuquerque. You know, like there's, there's only so much. Like, Albuquerque's not a very like a, uh, uh, a spot that you really go through. You know what I mean? So, if if you want, if you're like a, a band that you like, especially Denver, man, you're suitable never really miss go bunch. Of, I don't know why misses their name. They're a bunch of thevens, bro. Thevens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they're a bunch of gender questionables. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right whatever but yeah it's like we played several shows like female that female fronted metalcore pop punk yeah we're dei complacent but but Love so, like, us. so like with when you're in denver there's so many bands out yeah. out there you have to get out yeah. you know what i mean and so albuquerque is a very close spot and we are the bigger bands in albuquerque so yeah they're gonna hit us up but when we hit yeah. them up they don't actually have a was, whole lot of pool. Because, no, of course there's a lot of bands. Don't. Out of course there. they don't. Because it's okay. Because it's. I mean, you guys. I would say, Slums of Harvard in the top ninety percent, right? Let's say ninety percentile, or is that right? Yeah. No, or the top ten, top ten percentile, because that only includes the top ten right. percent, mm-hmm. right, of Albuquerque. But somebody like the they them's. They're in like the ninety percentile, so they have a bigger pool, right? Yeah, right. That they exist in, so that makes sense. So that almost, if y'all were some assholes, that would set y'all up to be the gatekeepers of Albuquerque, where it's like, well, what are you gonna do for me, you bunch yeah. of motherfuckers? Now, and that's not who you guys are. Yeah, that's not who you guys. But are. But we are trying to like we're but not you, just trying to get these people opening spots and then not and get but, everything. But there's from a business. It. It's business right. though, and I think people are so sensitive today, where it's like, oh, they're just they were being assholes and they did that. that, that. It's like no, dude. Like this is business. Like this, we need to get something. If like we're there, get there's something. reciprocity. Yeah. That needs to happen between the between our two groups. Like I don't know, man. And like I I consider myself a bit of a realist with most things in life. But racist did you say racist? I think I heard I heard racist. Oh. With a C. <laughs> realist. But you know, depending on the day if I'm in traffic and I'm like you no. You sandwich? Uh, <laughs> what, what's that? Yeah, a cheeseburger. <laughs> a cheeseburger might cut you off the track. And you're like, but no, I mean, I don't know. I try to be a realist with things. But one of the only things I'm a bit of an optimist about is like, well, I would like to think with, with the internet, with the, with the expansion of social media and with things, you know, everything's so much more broad now and like podcasting has exploded and just the, the avenues to approach to find your art, whether it's, Music, whether it's comedy, filmmaking, whatever it is that you do, whatever your art is, the avenue to approach to that can be so multifaceted that like, yo, there is, there are enough seats at the table. It's a feast, not a famine. Like there is enough fans. There are enough venues. There are, there is definitely enough money like for enough to go around. Yeah. Like, 
But my only stipulation to that, and I say this very unapologetically, is that people need to support good local. Mm -hmm. Support local, for sure. But take it a step further and support good local. Yeah. I'm sorry, but, like, not every fucking local rapper is going to be the shit. Right. I'm sorry. Not every rock band, not every podcast. I can recognize that. There is a high likelihood this never becomes a huge multinational thing. But I'm going to keep acting like it's going to be. Right. Yeah. But not everything is going to turn into that. Right? Support good local. And that's the whole reason I'm still doing this podcast is because people keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, I love kicking. Like you like you guys, like of course I'm going to talk about the songs of Harvard and what you guys are doing artistically because I fucking love what you guys are putting out. But you guys, in my views, I've become less songs of Harvard and more like, we're going to have a couple of drinks, just oh, kick, yeah. kick it with the homies. Like, mm-hmm. We're just going to chill. You know what I mean? And I love that shit. But I keep, I want to keep evolving into like, if you guys bring in an opener, when, when, when you guys get on a featured act, when you guys get the headline, you know, Sunshine and El Ray and shit like that, get the headline uh, launch pad. And I don't mean this is a knock, but like you get the headline launch pad absent mango cakes mm-hmm. when it's just you guys and you've got one or two bands behind you you know what i mean i would love for that but hey i'll talk to the, your fucking opener mm-hmm. i'll talk to your feature yeah let's fucking kick it have a few have a few drinks have a couple of fucking have a blunt whatever you know just hang out yeah you know i don't know like i really do think that like support support good local choose who you're gonna align yourself with I think this it helps everybody. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, because talented people, like, for instance, let's say, let's say that we all went to Mark Norman, right? And his opener was someone that we've never heard of. Because he's attached to Mark, we're probably going to go check him out. Oh, yeah. Right. Because we value what Mark brings. We value the talent. We value the resume. So it's like, oh, if he's willing to risk his money Right. On this guy or to this gal, we should go look into that, right? And that's what you get out of you know fans or people that are like tr- the true believers or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, yeah and especially I, with like like comedians and like and music performers, you know, you don't want someone opening up for you that's bad. No, well, because you never then it ruins. Want that. Yeah, you, yeah, it just ruins the whole theme of the whole fucking show. Well, that's well, I don't know. <laughs> I disagree in comedy just because like I've seen a lot of fucking local shows where the opener sucks and the feature of the headliner comes out and he's like, "Whoa!" and they just like <laughs> and they just take out of the 40 minutes the 20 minutes they have and they take like Three to five, ten minutes to just shit on that. Like, yeah, oh, well, now that's was, fun. They don't that shit on fun. the comic, but they shit on the idea of a shitty comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, because yeah. every comic's gonna suck in the first seven years, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just how it's gonna be. I think, just like, and from like our like our perspective, like everybody in Albuquerque, like all the local acts should be striving for quality. So, because like know. the more quality shit that we have. As opposed to just like having so many bands, having a plethora of really good quality bands is the only, and comics and stuff is the only way this city legitimizes itself as a, a stop, like as a stop right. on the road. Yeah. Like we're only going to get better and better acts the better this scene gets. Yeah. We're always the, like the, 
what's that? Not layover state. Flyover. The yeah, flyover, flyover state. There you go. Yeah. You're always just go. You're just passing through Albuquerque. Exactly. It's never like the oh, there's a show in Albuquerque. Yeah, it's always like there. it's like oh fuck yeah the the weekend's going on tour. Oh, he's going to Denver yeah. and Phoenix. I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> you have to you always have to travel. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So like. If we, we could just, establish Albuquerque as a Den- Denver or Phoenix, which we are, but we lack population no, we're not. and talent. I gotta be honest, we, with you, but bro, we're, no, we're the we're biggest not. city in our state. Is what okay? I'm at. We're the smartest kid with Down syndrome. Like yes. we're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're not the dude. Like I I understand why a lot of big acts don't come here. Like I get it. Yeah, yeah. I really do get it. Like. Whether it's the crime, whether it's the lack of ticket sales, whether it's the quality of the crowd, the quality of the crowd. Like, okay, so for instance, a great example is Suicide Boys. They're a pretty big act, right? As far as like rap goes, whatever their niche of like underground, industrial, whatever that type of rap is called, right? They have a lock on that. So they came, but they had to come with like four to three other acts, right, to bring more crowd in. And dude, like the it was it was pretty packed, but from what I heard, it was only like seventy percent, hmm. if that. Yeah. And then a big reason why like I didn't go, and my chick, she's a big fan of them. But the reason why we didn't go, I I put a fucking stop to it. I was like, no, we're not going because what if something happens yeah, yeah. i don't want to be in we that know crowd what, what type of crowd that is I was, I, and i told her I was like you can go with which venue was it uh Isleta. Isleta. yeah i was like you can go with whoever you want to go with I, I really don't care like go with your friends go with fucking whoever i don't care go with your sister whatever i'm not gonna go because i'm not gonna put myself in that situation like that's not how it's i literally only go to Isleta for rock like, I just, I know what type of crowd it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to deal with idiot drunks here and there. And then, but for the most part, I'm going to have a great time. Yeah. But with rap shows and other type of shows, like, mm-hmm. there's violence at every fucking show. I haven't heard of one fucking rap show that didn't end in a fucking, some type of fucking big old fight that broke out or somebody stabbed somebody or the the very the couple of times there was a shooting like it just happens yeah for whatever reason and i don't i'm not surprised that bigger acts like the weekend or fucking whatever traveling or uh touring rap artists are going around hip-hop artists are going around they hear about new mexico and they're like I don't know if I want that attached to my name. Yeah. Well, ASAP. I don't, A- I don't blame him. Yeah. Well, ASAP like got banned from playing in New Mexico. Is ASAP or Tyler? I think it was ASAP because like he played here at like Sunshine or something way back, and oh, there a full full on riot broke out, <laughs> and they. Like, I mean, with ASAP Rocky, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but they like got him for inciting a riot, so like he's oh, banned sh- from playing in Albuquerque <laughs> or New Mexico. So it's like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Just like sketchy shit goes yeah, down at just, sketchy shows with sketchy crowds. It's, like, well, that's the thing, though, dude. It doesn't have to be sketchy crowds. It's just the Albuquerque population that goes to that crowd. But how yeah. do we how do we change that? You know, I don't think you change it. I think it goes beyond you guys. I think, and that's why people like people like you, you guys have an uphill battle, where it's like. Because you guys, a lot of your shows, it's on Central or it's Central adjacent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's either uh, Sister, Launchpad, or Marble. It's downtown. 
And even if it's at Marvel, it's Marvel in what, second? First? Yeah, first. First? Okay. So it's still fucking in the shit, right? So it's like, yeah, we are at, at least with Marvel, you're at a trusted venue where people feel safe. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. I. It's just something that you guys have to prove that the crowd over time is willing to show out in despite of the statistics. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one that that's one thing that we've talked about too, like even on the pod is like the crowd that we do bring, always a good time. Like Oh yeah. No, yeah. Y- y'all don't bring a trashy crowd, but it's just like the environment you're in. It could be a bunch of college kids. It could be a bunch of mid twenties to early thirties, you know, guys, chicks coming out. But just like because of how Albuquerque is, you know, the one all it takes, and this is and I don't exaggerate. I've gotten messages from people out of state. I'm not exaggerating. It is all it takes is one guy at the bar being an asshole. Yeah. For everything to shut down. That is all it takes. Mm-hmm. In bigger cities, like I'd imagine, well, no, I've partied in Austin and I've seen it happen. But like with, um, with like with Denver or Austin or places in Austin or like Phoenix, you know, they just take care of the one asshole, throw them away, you get back to party. Yeah. Yeah. In Albuquerque, the whole shit shuts down. True. And it's like, all right, we got to stop. We got to do it. Okay. Because they're scared of where it could go. Yeah. And like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I do not envy you guys when it comes to like, how can we attach ourselves to bigger acts that are coming through? I do not envy y'all because like it's a lot because I've I've pretty much decided at this point that I'm going to pursue comedy. Yeah. That like I'm going to do it like until until it fucking and unless I get like a giant sign from God that you suck, you're not funny, move on. I'm going to keep doing it. Yep. How long till you leave Albuquerque? I don't know. Uh, Are you trying to are you trying to? Grow in Albuquerque. I want to grow in Albuquerque. Um, it's and and a lot of this changed between conversations with on the podcast with Steph, Trip, and Zach Abeda. Mm-hmm. A lot of it changed talking to them and off the podcast a little bit, but having them explain it in long form, it's become obvious that Albuquerque is becoming a comedy city pretty soon. And I want to, and I, it seems that at, at least through the podcast realm, I like inched my way into it at the last second, mm-hmm. at the absolute last second to where I can build relationships with people and I can talk to people and be like, okay, yeah, we know you should do this and this and that. And I can get booked here and I can do that. Da, 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 da. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I can't talk about it yet, but I'll tell you all some shit after a pause over, but like, I might have a future. Here in Albuquerque, I might, I might, but and I and I, I don't want to squander that. You know right. what I mean. Mm-hmm. So in the in the best way I heard it put was from Zach Abeda, where he was like, "I was gonna leave, but I'm building my audience so well, and then I see Casadas opening up, and, and Hyeda's is should be coming this year. That I extended my lease by six months, so I can keep building, keep building, and I think my goal, like one of my goals for this year." Is to have um, well, I, at our last Sunday like writing session, 
uh, Steph was like, hey, you should really write out your goals for the year for comedy and all that type of shit. It's like, okay, my three goals for this year is to have a tight five minutes, mm-hmm. like a solid five. Second goal is two or three open mics a week. And my third goal is to open a dry heat. Yeah. That might happen. Like very soon. Hell yeah. So I so if these people my my thing is like if these people have expectations of me, like tomorrow with A Marie at three seven seven. I said this on the on a podcast with Trip. Like I'm terrified of that. Oh dude, I'm fucking scared shitless because I'm fucking opening for Steph Darnell and Buck D. I'm fucking scared shitless. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like oh. A. Marie, the host and the booker of that show. And I'd imagine, because she's been doing comedy for so long, she has to run the opener by the feature and the headline. Mm-hmm. They all believe in me enough to be an opener. I'm not going to fuck it up. Yeah. I'm going to do bro. everything in my ability to not fuck that up. And at least even if I bomb tomorrow night, even if I eat shit to show like a little like glimmer of like, oh, that's what he was trying to do, but he kind of fucked it up, and he, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like. Cause, but to really like bring this all full circle, when do I leave Albuquerque? I don't know. Just because like comedy is growing, I'm building good relationships, I'm seeing opportunity, and quite frankly, me and Joey have a great space here, and I kind of want to stick around. Yeah, yeah. I like this house just for day to day living. But I also like the studio space. And that's a crazy thing, like how when success comes to you, it almost seems like it's like the universe telling you, yeah, go do that. You know what I mean? Like like the people who you look up to are giving you a shot when you don't even think so you deserve it at you're, all. You're completely right. And that's where I want to build here in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And then eventually build out to like where because Zach laid it out pretty well, where right? he was like, Yeah, I'm based in Albuquerque. But dude. For like the first two and a half weeks of February, he's in Denver. Yeah. He's got like 10 shows wow. in Denver at like legitimate comedy fucking clubs. He's not just doing, he's not doing open mics. Mm-hmm. Like his booked shows that he's advertising are shows. Like he's at Comedy Works. He's at, he's at their, uh, the comedy, like uh, whatever comedy club they have over I there. I forget what the fuck it's called. It's like, it's like not Comedy Castle. It's, uh, Something in Denver. But he's at actual shows. Right. Yeah. Right. And then he has connections in in Austin. And to be honest, he him and I have mutual friends that are doing cool things in Austin that he's connected me with. And that it's imperative for me, like you guys are saying, going out of town for your for your music, it is imperative that this year I move or not move, but I go out of Austin or out of Albuquerque to Austin for a couple of days to go mm-hmm. do a podcast out there. Go I know people in Denver. And you'll do a pod with. I know people in uh, Phoenix and do a pod with. So I yeah. can all go do these things. So I'm branching out my audience like you guys are. And I'm sure that's a conversation for yeah. you guys. It was like, oh, if I if we get shows out there, these people are going to be exposed to us. They start listening. They follow our Instagram, our Spotify, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we build that audience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually just met a dude on the cruise I just went on. Guy from Austin. Worked at a bunch of bars, knows a lot of people. We like were really cool. Big fan of Kill Tony, all that kind of stuff. Nice. And uh, yeah, he was like, "I dig your shit. Come out in like April, May. Let's hang out. Let's go to the bars. Let's go talk to the owners. Let's get you guys booked." 
So Fuck we're gonna try to do yeah. a little bit of that. How was that, dude? You went on like a trip to like Costa Rica and like Miami. Fuck yeah, dog! Fucking took with, cruise from with T Baby and T Baby, Raquel, Becky. You don't nice. know the other ones, but yeah, T Baby. Everyone know T Baby. T Baby. God damn, dude! We had an unlimited drink package. <laughs> and from fucking as soon as the sun came up, we were drinking. We went from mimosas. <laughs> to beers, to pina coladas, to fucking amaretto sours, to shots. So your insane. liver is screaming right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm sunburnt. <laughs> My liver is burnt. My I'm dick just... don't work. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't before, but <laughs> yeah, it was fucking wild, dude. It was it was a lot of drinking. I didn't like do a, much eating. A lot like of a drinking. Fu- it looked like a fun time, bro. Yeah, monkey shit on my head. It was fucking. <laughs> I was seeing y'all playing around with the monkeys. I was like, oh, that's that's a risky time. Yeah, I don't know what diseases <laughs> they had. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they got, I got. I it, got I it. Kissed, I kissed them all. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the bathroom with one of those monkeys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. They're, I don't know, man. That's cool, man. And that's and that's like. Not to be a fucking hippie or anything, but like that's that's one of the beautiful parts of life is like you meet people randomly where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you could help me and I could help you, and they'll be like, no, diff- like we know the mutual people and we can go here and there. Like that's like, I think exposing yourself to the outside world in the realm of entertainment, you know what I mean, and like opening yourself up to these connections where it's like, I don't know that. That could really be the night and day difference in your career. Like, you know what? Like, if you just go out to your, let's say you guys are opening for somebody, right? You just go out, you do your show, and you fucking pack up and you go home. Yeah. You could do that. That's well within your rights. That's okay. But if you stick around at the bar, you don't have to drink. You could just have a beer. You could just have a whatever. You're just hanging out at the show, and people come up to you like, "Oh, I like your set. Hey, yeah. I like this. I like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm actually on vacation, but I'm a booker from blank. Like, I had a friend of mine. This is the weird, and I'm and I am not shitting you. This is a real thing. I had a friend of mine from uh, we we went to military school together in college. He is now the head marketing director of a comedy club in Miami. Oh fuck yeah! And he hit me up, and he was like, "Hey, we're building this comedy club." I see what you're doing with the podcast. You're getting into stand-up. Let's get you out here for a weekend. Do opening sets. And I'm like, the fuck? Nice. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, it's weird connections like that. Like, you don't know if it's going to if it's gonna be a reaction a week from y'all meeting, a month, mm-hmm. years. Yeah. But, like, every person you meet, you don't know what that's going to turn into. Yeah. And, it, and most of it could turn into shit. You don't know, but like, is that one? Be, it could be something cool. It could be something cool. Throw a you couple know? drinks around. Yeah, you never know. I don't know. It's just and Albuquerque is so tight knit anyway. You know what I mean? Like everyone knows everybody, and there's like a such tight knit community with like the the reciprocity, and it's like, oh yeah, I really vouch for them. These are good guys. Whatever it is. That's the other thing kind of hard about Albuquerque is there's no one traveling through looking for talent. No. You know what I mean? No, like, but but if you build a good relationship and you build a good rapport and a good reputation in the community, you become a mainstay, which yeah. you guys are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want that? Yes, but I, what I'm saying is like, 
it would be nice if like we like let's say we we're doing exactly what we're doing but in denver and austin you know what i mean we have a way bigger chance of that random person coming through and discovering us than we do in albuquerque so yes but here's where i push back on that and this was like a bit over my eyes too was like it's and it's one of those things where it's so obvious but you need to hear it for somebody who's doing it for it to make sense Build your audience as much as you can and then some where you're from so that when you go somewhere and they look you up, it's like, oh, they really are the shit. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Just like with you guys where it was like somebody opened for that band and it's like, they have 400 followers. Who are these fucking assholes? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, where it's like flipped and it's like, oh. Right. They opened for them, but like. You they, see why they've got a legitimate following. Right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It's one of those things where yeah. it's like max out what you're doing here and then some. Yeah, yeah. Do both. Yeah, do yeah. both. I don't know. I think, and I don't, I don't know what the gauge is for it, but I'd imagine it'll become intuitive because y'all aren't stupid. Like it'll come to y'all at some point where it's like a few years down the line. If you feel like you've been doing the same thing for so long, and it's like, okay, I've got the feeling in my gut. You got a band meeting. It's like, hey guys, I feel like we've not really pushed the needle in the last three years, two years. What the fuck are we doing here? Mm-hmm. How do we evolve? Can we evolve? That might be an ugly feeling, right? Where it's like, can we push? Yeah. I think it's good that we're like catching it now. Yeah. And we're still, pro- we still are progressing forward. You No, and, you are for and we're, sure. And we're already at the point where we're like uncomfortable that more isn't happening. So we're going to push harder. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's, I think these are like, it's, it's good a, that we're not just happy with what we have. Yeah. Right. Right. No, I agree. Even no, though, I like, agree. yeah, a, tons of amazing things happened last year. But now we're like, no, that wasn't enough. We need to put, we need to try harder. We need to create a more quality product, a more engaging product. And we need to just, like, yeah, just keep solidifying ourselves in Albuquerque and give people a reason to book us out of state. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, do you guys have like a time limit and get out of here or, uh, probably sooner than later. No, I'm sleeping me. here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fancy couch. Okay. I got to take a piss. Real- I just asked. I got to take a piss real quick. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this one guy, he, uh, lived with his girlfriend and they would make something every day and not cleaning it, not clean it up at all. They would leave like, like food. food. Yeah. They would leave food in there that they like didn't finish and leave it for like a week, if not weeks. And there's this one time I had moved out by this time, but Leroy was still living there. And they made what they make a crock pot meal? They're like French onion soup. French yeah. onion soup that they <laughs> left for like three months. What? Just fucking cooking. How did you not say something? I wasn't living there at that point. I had moved out already. Oh, you how family. did you not say something? I just figured that they would be like, hey, maybe we should clean this. After like three months, dude. There wasn't like three months. It was probably like a month. Still, way too long for a pot of <laughs> French onion soup to just be sitting on the counter. For a pot roast, bro. It was yeah, it was disgusting. And and the girlfriend was a bitch. Yeah, she was a <laughs> fucking <laughs> bitch, bro. She was a real piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Every fucking time I'd be like, hey, she'd be like, oh, walk right of, into the fucking the, room. You know why, uh, right? She, she had a to, dick? She wanted oh. to fuck you, bro. And she was like, I can't let my man know that I want to fuck one of his roommates. 
Yeah, I mean, we were never really friends, so it, that, you, if it would have solved her from fucking bro, being a fucking piece of you, shit, you ain't got. You know, <laughs> you do not have to be friends with somebody to fuck them. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, she, she was she always, nasty. You should always ask her when you walk by. So you guys cooking French onion soup again tonight? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I don't what we have What's for dinner? <laughs> it got to the, when we had we had a roommate like that. He just refused to do the dishes ever. How do you how do you even think like that? Well, well, because that like, was just like his thing. He'd clean. Well, everything that was else. his thing. Though. I I love Evan to death, but yeah. like he he would clean otherwise, but it just wouldn't be the dishes. He just wouldn't do his dishes. And the issue was that the motherfucker loved to eat, and there was just dishes fucking everywhere. And I mean, it happens. You know, I don't know. I love Evan to death. Like I'm biased. I'm got, biased, dude. I got to the point one time where, like, I wanted any, to see if he wouldn't do them for a long time. Dude, any roommate whose name ends in in Evan, Evan yeah, fucking sucks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> kill him. Shit. We had a lot of fun with Evan. Fucking kill him. If their name ends in Evan, whether it's Kevin or Devin or Evan or Nevin, any other dumb name, <laughs> smother them in their sleep. Any name that starts with a normal letter, but they replace it with an N to like sound original. I mean, the fact that the current Noah ending in Evan <laughs> doesn't take the microphone out of your hand, that's kind of shitty. Yeah. He's doing joke. his job. This is his job <laughs> I'm now. just the mic. I'm just, <laughs> did somebody say boom? <laughs> <laughs> there was a SpongeBob game based off of that specific episode. And it was fucking terrible. It never worked, and I was very sad as a kid. Um, you're, you're talking about SpongeBob, right? Mm-hmm. With, with Sandy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Did the somebody movie. say boo? Yeah, the movie episode. <laughs> I don't know, man. We had a lot of fun with Evan. That was a fun house off of fucking uh, off of uh, Four Hills. Hills. Yeah, dude. It, we so it was funny. We were looking for a place because we were moving. I just come back from basic training at the time, and we were moving out of my less than 500 square foot apartment very tiny place basically me it was like a rotating door of friends so i lived there permanently but like you would come in and out of there evan would come in and out of there springer would come in out of there so it was like four dudes living in this like 500 square foot apartment right and so it boiled down to me him and evan and we were like okay we need to find a spot that's gonna fit all of us and when we found this place um, we found out early on that realtors are not allowed to tell you the crime statistics of the neighborhood. So why? We, I who the fuck knows, right? Obviously because of Biden. Because of liability. So it's in like twenty. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I just like blaming Biden. Dog. Yeah, don't we all? Thanks, <laughs> Obama, for Biden. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Looking at Michelle. I think anyway, my, sorry. My favorite video. You mean Big Mike? Obama dudes when he's doing the. Try and dunk the cookie, but it won't fit in the glass of milk. And he goes, "Fuck, thanks, Obama." <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, well, we're we're looking for a house, and uh, if you look at the at the time, if you look at the APD crime map, where the house was in the Four Hills, literally was like the cutoff point of like like it's like so tramway ran this way, and then Central was this way, and the house was here. Crime. Just so much crime <laughs> and then nothing in Four Hills. And we're like, yeah, we'll take it. We'll be, like, there was one point, it was September of 2018, where we, it was me, him, 
and Evan and Springer and Dom were hanging out with us at the, at the time too. But me, him, and Evan were all hanging out in the kitchen, and we looked at it and we we're like, none of us are employed right now. Yeah, <laughs> none of us are employed, and in like two weeks, we have to come up with sixteen hundred dollars. And thank God we had savings, because we there was a point for like three weeks we were all unemployed. Yeah. Just because, like, my orders for the army got cut. Something happened with his work as, like, a lifeguard. And then, like, Evan's work got fucked up with the army, too. Like, there was a point where... You drowned some kids or what? <laughs> Pretty much. You, apparently, you're not supposed to just kick them in the pool and they run by you. I always used to fall asleep on duty and they didn't like that. I did all I had to... I used to do RKOs into the pool. And they were in, the, in the shallow end and they weren't, they weren't too keen on that. Why are you abusing these children? It's not abuse, it's education. <laughs> Do you not know the prophet Randy Orton and what he has brought to this community? But no, I had to I had to move to fucking Roswell to make money for I, I went and became a recruiter down at the mil, at Nimi, the school that I went to, and I had to pay rent to like that house and the place I was living at and it became a fucking nightmare, dude. That was bad times. Alright. How old were you? I was 21 because it was a year before I deployed. So I started that job in 2018. Yeah, 21, like freshly 21. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It was rough fucking times, dude. <laughs> like, like, like the house, the only reason we settled on that, one of the only reasons is because we were trying to figure out three bedrooms, obviously, right? And it technically was a two-bedroom with an office. And the office that I lived in, it was like you walked in and there was a full desk set up, right? It was beautiful, like straight up. Beautiful desk set up, beautiful shelving. And then there was hardwood flooring that led to a window. And right under the window, there's like a small entertainment center where it was like two doors opened up and there's like a middle divider and there's a platform but whoever made the fucking floor plan didn't seal in that entertainment center. So if you, you could literally uproot it from the ground and you <laughs> saw the base of the house. Yeah. Concrete. And so you take that out. Yeah, the concrete and shit. So you take we took that out and we put it next to the laundry room. And so the space between so if you imagine like here is like the space in general. Here is where the window would have been. The back to the bookshelf is here. And then the back to the wall is here. A queen mattress. In fact, the mattress I have in there. The queen mattress perfectly fit right here. Like it just fell right into place. God's plan. R. Yeah. RIP the queen. And we were like, and we're like fuck it. We're going to send it. Have this house. Because like at the time it was... With utilities, five hundred bucks a person. Oh yeah, kind of nice. Yeah, I think it was no, less. it was like almost four hundred or something. Yeah, four fifty, right? Five hundred yeah. a person. We're, yeah, yeah, it was it was cherry for back then. But we also weren't making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. We weren't making dick for money. But then you know we both we all lost our jobs and we had to like figure shit out and it became fucking nonsense. Apparently, like, you need a job to pay rent. Well, we bullshit. Well, we, we need universal income. Well, well, dude, we looked. Just kidding. We looked into a house literally. So where we lived, it was a cul-de-sac, and our house was here. There was a house next to us. 
nothing here, and then like a one-bedroom big floor plan, or not one-bedroom, one-floor big floor plan right here. And that was going to be an option. But what's funny is the floor plan square footage for the one floor was the same as the two floor that oh shit, the two floor that we had. It was about twelve twelve fifty ish, dude. One floor twelve fifty was what sixteen hundred seventeen hundred. Yeah, up there, right? Uh, Fucking ridiculous. And it was it was the same amount of money as this, with not as good freeway access. Mm. And we we're like, nah. And not as good as storage either. We would have been fucked. It would have been bad. Anyway, let's wrap this bitch up. Yep. Where can everyone find the Slums of Harvard? Because if you've come into this podcast, you've seen these motherfuckers before, but where can you find them now? Instagram mainly. Insta motherfucking Spotify, any kind of streaming platform. We're on that bitch. TikTok. And then we're going to be on OnlyFans soon, so subscribe. Yep. Be on the lookout for some man feet. Yeah, yeah do some group man feet photos. Yeah. yeah. Six feet. We're going to hold feet like hands. Yes. Ooh. Toby's going to show that butthole, bro. Oh, yeah. You're going to see full spread. <laughs> yes. See it. Discount subscription. No there. non-shaved. 30 days free? We'll, we'll work out a deal. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I love you guys to death. You guys are awesome. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having us again. Dog. Oh yeah. Thank you guys for being the first guest in the And studio. we have a uh I don't well it's not going to be out by this time, but this man has a comedy show which is going to be lit. That went so well. <laughs> that <laughs> went <laughs> so well. He actually is now going on a nationwide tour headlining at the comedy <laughs> store after tomorrow night. Noavcomedy.com for all his uh tickets and dates. Um check out his podcast. Noah V comedy on YouTube, and uh, make and we'll sure be subs- right back. And we'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> I right, think everybody. Thank you very much. Later. Love you guys. Bye. bye <laughs>